and hit the magic button? Or has the magic button been hit? It's been hit. Oh, so this has all been recorded. Yeah. All right. Then here we go. All your private thoughts. That's illegal. Can't do that. No. Nah, <laughs> been watching a lot of uh, YouTube videos. With the law. Yeah. About the law. What, what spurred that on, I wonder? I don't know. Just uh, <laughs> avoiding work. <laughs> That's what always spurs anything. I saw something interesting on the internet. Why? Because uh, I got a deadline. <laughs> Sneaky Dragon. I'm Ian Boothby. And I'm David Dedrick. And there we go. We you all know how this works by this point. Uh, 612 is the episode. 612. 612. Set your calendars. By? Divided by zero is? Wait, what do we divide by zero? <laughs> impossible. Oh, it is impossible? Yeah, you can't do that. Oh, you can't divide by zero. Can't do it. Huh? Try. It's... You think zero divided by zero would be one, right? No, but that's one divided by, like 612 divided by one is... 612. I guess, how do you get one divided by, I guess if you divide it by 612, you get <laughs> one. Okay, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> Me neither. But I'm just saying, if you divided 612 by you're 612, you're a strong stance on get, this. You get one. Divide. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> you get one. Look, yeah. one of us went to university, and it's very hard to tell who right now. <laughs> this person didn't, that person who went to university, yeah. whoever it is you're talking about, yeah. I'm not naming any names, right. studiously avoided math. Okay, but they did study language, and you are saying this with English. I am saying it with English. All right, all right. Fair enough. Whether I've been following the conversation so far is a question that's uh, moot at this point, because now I am following the conversation, right? and that I'm steering it. <laughs> so if you're an English professor, yeah. can okay. you then write off anything that has English on it? Like any product that's got English language on it and just go, you know, this relates to my work. Yeah. I'm an English teacher. Yeah. So, you know, you buy a car mm-hmm. and it's got like a word on the side. And as long as the word isn't in Italian, yeah. like if it's in Italian, Ferrari, yeah. you can't write off the car. Yeah. But if it was called like, you know, the, 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 the rabbit. Yes. Yeah. Write off one of those. Or gremlin. Mm-hmm. You could write off a gremlin. So. I'm, I'm not picking good cars. <laughs> well, yeah. Well. The rabbit, All your food. The rabbit was an acceptable car. Was it? Okay. The gremlin, which I li- I personally liked the gremlin, like how it looked, as well as the pacer. Even though that was the pacer was that the no no what was the deadly car that exploded? Pinto. When, the pinto. That's right. The pacer. And it was the, a horse related. The pacer car. and the gremlin were American Motors cars. Okay, so my question. A company that no longer exists. I know very little about uh, cars. I just. Bought. I know. I asked you what kind of car you rented one time, and you said a gray car. Yeah. yeah, that was not helpful. <laughs> I, um, I I bought a bike yesterday, but that's uh, not a car. Um, here's what I don't get about the gremlin, though. Okay. Okay, so gremlins yep. uh, sabotage engines yes. and cause death. Shh. And we're airplanes. naming, and so we're naming a car. Yeah. After something that's dangerous. Yeah. Impish and causes death and is prone to uh, breaking. Uh, because these elves will uh, sabotage your car. <laughs> so why would you call your car mm. uh, a gremlin? What's the motivation? Well, I think it's the same reason you would call a car a scamp, which is to imply that it's a sporty car that's for people who like to, you know, take chances, like to do have fun, mm-hmm. you know, or mischievous types themselves and enjoy a small car. Right. That's, you know, allows for you to do whatever you want. It's a flexible car and you can have all kinds of fun with it. You're a, you're a Loki. It's what you are. You're, you're a Loki, yes. Okay, all right. Yes. Good. Yeah. Because, you know, there was also the Dodge Demon. 
the Dutch Demon as well, which is oh know, okay, which is you know also would have you know if you're a superstitious sort of person, I guess could have right. You know, you didn't like to. You don't want to stay on the thirteenth floor of a hotel, right? The General Motors, Lord Satan, our Lord and Master. That, car. <laughs> that was yeah. That wasn't General Motors, but yeah, hmm. it was Mopar. It was all right, the Dodge enough. Demon. Here's you a... really don't know cars if you don't know the makers nope. of all the cars. Nope, not at all. <laughs> that I seem to know. I don't know why did I learn this. It's weird. I can remember the rabbit because uh, when I was a kid, I remember like the word rabbit was mm. written on someone's thing. I'm like, oh. Rabbit's uh, cute and it hops along. It's sure. good speed. Everyone likes yep. it. That makes sense for a name for a car. Yep. Yeah. Volkswagen. Volkswagen Rabbit? Yep. Okay, sure. Yep. Uh, the Volkswagen Beetle, uh, uh, like I get that it's the shape of a beetle. Yeah. Um, but I think the Beetle... It came out before the band, the Beatles, right? Yes, and I don't think it was called the Beetle by the maker. Oh, okay. I think it was a, that was a cute nickname given to it by the people like the car, the car industry. Okay. I don't think it was called the Volkswagen Beetle when it came out, although I could be wrong. Because there's no other insect named... Oh, wait, are there? Is there a bee, uh, a bumblebee named car? Besides Bumblebee, the car from the Transformers. <laughs> Besides Bumblebee, the car. No, but there was the... The wasp. <laughs> the wasp. I don't think there was any insect named car. The hornet. There was the... Actually, there was the Dodge there Hornet. Go. There you go. Um, yeah, I answered my own. But I was going to also say that the when you bought... Um, when you bought like the there was the Dodge um, Super B, the Dodge Super B had a B as its uh, as its as its uh, logo. So it was a Super. So B, there was like, no B, but there was a Super B. Yeah. All right. Yeah, the Super B was kind of like a, a a bit of a more powerful charger. Hmm. I remember when I used to work, one of the parking lots I used to work at was an outdoor lot, and the guy who. Re- came after me drove a super b dodge super b like a 69 very nice car and but i could hear it coming because of the the low the you know the engine had this certain kind of but he was coming down this because he wouldn't be like going really fast so it would just be like this kind of low chugging sound of this really powerful engine that was just sort of like eh, this is nothing just going kind of slow really bored can we get a little faster can we get the revs up guys and what type of car do you currently have i currently have a subaru wrx Okay, so it's just the numbers and letters. <laughs> just numbers and Ran- letters. Random. That's the way yeah. it is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, W or X means something, mm-hmm. but don't not, it's like World Rally Experimental or something like that. And then because it was designed as a rally car, because sometime in the early '90s, Subaru decided to they didn't they no longer wanted to be known as the cars owned by lesbians, and they wanted to be like cool. So they lesbians are cool. Lesbians are cool. Sure. But I think they felt that was kind of a real niche market. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the Outback is very popular with that segment of the population for whatever reason. And maybe outdoorsy? I don't know. But uh, they decided they wanted to, uh, you know, give themselves a more sporty image. So they decided to, like, narrowly focus on becoming a rally, like a rally car. Oh, okay. All and right. so they, like, they hired the best rally race car driver. Mm-hmm. And they spent a, put a lot of money in developing like a rally car, you know, that would be sold in stores, but also be racing the, on a, you know, in rally races and stuff. And they actually became a very good team and won a lot of races and stuff like that. And then, yeah, so there's the WRX, and then the step up from that is the STI, which I was kind of interested in when I was looking for a car, but it's mm-hmm. still it's more expensive. Right, but it's better than the STD. <laughs> you do not want to get that one. Yeah, catch the fever. <laughs> It had a great, it had a great uh, motto. Yeah, that's a great line. You'll enjoy driving it, but it's... it'll be with you forever. <laughs> yes, drive it once. Tell everyone about it afterwards. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, yeah, the, I can't remember what you SDI stands for. want protection for that? Nah, I'm fine. <laughs> oh, you really should. You should get the protection for that. Get some coverage yeah, on that. Get some, yeah, yeah probably be a good idea. No, no. I don't like the feel of having coverage on it. Uh, I think it's still a good idea. You gotta drive on the road with others. I think there's a car. The hardest part of buying a car? Yeah, is what? Say no to their warranties. Mm. There's not just one. There's the expensive one, the $5,000 warranty. When you say no to that, then they have the $3,000 warranty. Okay. When you say no to that, then they have the $1,000 warranty. As they try to wear you down with each, uh, you know. I don't know. Maybe it's a good idea to get a warranty. I have no idea. Well, the bike I bought yesterday is, I guess, uh, people, wasn't that much money. So, you know, uh, when it gets stolen. <laughs> so it's not it's, an e-bike. It's, it's not a... a heartbreaker. No, no. It's, okay. a, it's a proper bike. It's a proper bike. It the, the only thing that would bother me is that we did get like bell and lights and uh, we didn't get whistles. We got the bells, not the whistles. Did you get mirrors? No, we didn't get mirrors. Oh. Should we get mirrors? I, I would assume that a, a mirror on your... Huh. Left side would be good for riding around oh, the streets. A, that's a fair point. All right. Didn't even think of that. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I don't know. I don't ride a bike. So. I don't know nothing. I used to ride a bike quite a bit when the girls were younger, but my bike was stolen. Yeah, as was mine. And I just never really had the inclination to replace it. I just felt like, what's the point if someone's just going to steal something out of your carport? That's kind of jerkish. We went to three bike places. The first one just didn't have any Was bikes. the third one just right? It was kind of. It was really nice. <laughs> it was a ride on bikes on um, uh, Broadway. Okay. Uh, but yeah, we went to the first one. I forget the name of that place. Uh, and then we went to another place that was like... And the first place was like, we got two bikes. And then the rest are all way too small. I needed like a large bike. Sure, sure. And so it was just like way too small. And mm. they were like, well... We, we, we fix a lot of them up, like in the, because I'm getting a used bike. Yeah. We fix them up in the summertime, but then as the summer kind of yeah, wears down, yeah. we run out of bikes and mm. we're, you know, in a couple of months we'll, we'll do a bunch more. Mm. But for now, we got next to nothing. Yeah. Fair enough. Then I go to a bike place that's across the street now from uh, the old Hell Kitty, stu- Hell Kitty Studios. Okay. And uh, it was just too cool. It was too cool. It was too cool. Like everyone was cool. Oh, yeah. It was cool and it was You didn't intense. have enough tattoos. I didn't. Yeah. And I felt like, I don't, I, like, I don't belong here. It was weird also going yeah. back to kind of the old, you know, Neighborhood? Uh, space. Yeah. And it's yeah. just like, I shouldn't be here. Really? I shouldn't be here. I should give this. That's give your this, place. I know, I know. But. Uh, you gave it up. Yeah. It's like going back to your old high school or whatever mm. and just going, hey guys, what's up? And it's like, no, <laughs> I don't belong here right now. Maybe in a, yeah, a, yeah. a, a, a more. 20 years. Uh, yeah. More time under the bridge. Yeah, yeah. You know, I feel like I should be going across. I should be visiting the comic store. I should be like going mm. to check stuff out. I should be saying hi to people. Uh, there's a lot that's going on here. And also the people in this bike place are way too cool. That's something I do miss about being over there, though. Being cool? Not being cool. Just pretending I was late and then going to the bookstore. Yeah. And then showing up and being, oh, sorry, traffic was crazy. Where those books come from? <laughs> what books? Uh, you should go to uh, Iron Dog. Mm. It's a nice bookstore. Are they used bookstore? Uh, no, oh, but okay. they are a reasonably priced bookstore mm, mm, okay. that, that's here. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, then just go to the, uh, what's it's the, uh, charity shop. They got books. People have donated <laughs> do. and they don't know. And, you yeah, know, yeah. and uh, maybe there's something good there. Sure. Yeah. Those are used books. Yeah. Uh, so, so anyway, so it was too cool for you. It was too cool. They told you that? They just said, they looked at you no, in such a way? Just, no, I just like went, eh, I shouldn't be here. <laughs> Like, I just shouldn't be here. Well, I don't know. That's, that's, that doesn't make sense. Yeah, I know. It doesn't. But it's weird. It's also weird yeah. that side of the street mm. has changed so much. Uh, and, uh, you know, now it's got like, it's got an improv. But the Blinds place is It's got an improv theater there. Are you telling me the Blinds place is like? Are you saying Wang on Blinds? Wang on Blinds. Yep. It's gone? Yeah, uh, I don't know. Probably. <laughs> Let's say yes. The pinball place? 
Pinball place is gone. That's, That's a shame. Yeah. I always, I always used to say like the second the pinball place is gone, we're gone because mm. then we'll know like here comes the neighborhood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it is kind of here comes the neighborhood now. Well, it's, there goes the neighborhood. Here comes the neighborhood. I yeah. guess because it was the, a neighborhood before. But the pinball place is is an improv theater. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you know, wh- wh- how am I to complain about that? Yeah. And then the kind of one of the biggest improv shows. You said no, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, and speaking of a place that used to have a lot more butts, uh, the Fox <laughs> Theater is now uh, does improv on the weekends as yes, well. Yes, that's right, with the Sunday service. With the Sunday service, which is like, probably the best um, improv group in town. So everything became improv, improv the second mm-hmm. like uh, I left. Weird. Better than the Critical Hit Show? Uh, the Critical Hit Show, not familiar. Um, <laughs> Very they di- do it, diplomatic. Uh, they diplomatic. do it weekly, so if nothing else... Uh, in terms of pure quantity, yep. uh, they're, they're the winners. So we went to Ride On. Totally uh, the winners. Yeah, which is uh, you know up the, up the street on Broadway. So Ride, R-I-D-E, On? What, how would you... Uh, I just wasn't sure if it was Right On or Ride On. Oh, like, Ride, as in to ride a yeah, yeah, bike. Yeah. Uh, on, yeah. there's a hyphen in between Awning, those. Ride Awnings. And then, uh, and then you know, bikes. Yeah. Uh, and bikes represents uh, bicycles. It's short for bicycles. Thanks. Yeah. If you try to get a tricycle there, they will tell you to fuck off. If you ask for a unicycle, you go to hell. Yeah, really? If you ask for a quadricycle, they'll go, I don't know what that is. <laughs> and you'll go, it's a car. And like, all right. It's a car you pedal Flintstone stuff. It's, it's a pedal car. Yeah. Oh, that's hard work. Yeah. But you know what? This on a completely side note, mm. um, uh, Flint, oh, we were talking about Flintstone Village uh, or Bedrock Village yep. the other day. Yep. Uh, which later is, Dino Town. Later Dino Town. Um, and home of 40 Foot Fred. Uh, but it was a Flintstones themed. Uh, Been there? Yes. Took the kids there. Sure. Uh, but they had a car there that you could like mm-hmm. uh, drive Several yourself. Several cars. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Flintstones style. You had like Barney's car, but yep. then you had Fred's car. I just yeah. wondered, Nick, now that I'm thinking about it, what, what happened to those cars? Because, you know, they cl- they cleared out yeah, everything. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. you know, you wouldn't throw away <laughs> car? Uh, those weird. I wonder if they cars. sold them. Yeah, maybe they sold them. Yeah. That'd be interesting to have one. They of those. were not. They were very poorly very difficult to. Yeah, uh, they were really badly geared. Like yes, you could pedal for like four hours and move five feet. Yeah, because they just the gears on them were so were so wrong. They were so wrong. It was ridiculous. It would be good if someone like tried to rob uh, Bedrock Village and got <laughs> him on those cars. But then they were being pursued by another one of those cars. Yeah, yeah. It was the longest, the longest chase. It would be like well, it would have been like watching O.J. Simpson and the White Bronco it would have that same feeling of. Of you know infinity. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. So anyway, we went <laughs> and uh, and my worry was that I would not be able to ride a bike because I've only basically I've ridden in the last ten years one bike and it was at bike lessons that yeah. I took. Yeah, on a field like, oh, on grass. Yeah, and I went like, oh, I can ride bikes now. And I tried to ride a bike here at home, one of uh, Pia's bikes. Yeah, but it was too small, and I was like, oh, maybe I can't ride yeah, yeah, a bike. Maybe, can. maybe I can only ride one bike. You could ride that bike in the right that bike in the circus yes that is the only place for small bikes yes the, uh, hilarious bikes uh <laughs> so i uh yeah. i but i tried four different bikes and i could ride all of them and rode them down oh, the street good. which you know they never a, never returned it's a no no i did uh it was a, a fear for me because i'm said, like right on doing it in public which is ugh. um <laughs> but i did it found one i liked and so we brought it back and now we got a bike and nice. uh, that's why i don't know what cars are <laughs> how we started this that's conversation that's erased from your your, your mind yeah. it's erased all knowledge of cars yeah, it felt good to actually get a get a bike so 
gonna go bike riding with uh, with Pia. She's got her e-bike, and we're gonna like uh, try to find a, a not too hilly area around here and do a ride. Sure. Good luck. Mm-hmm. Good luck in a mountain. So hilly. Mountain city. <laughs> it's good when it rains and it doesn't flood you. But uh, aside from that, it's uh, that's here at the bottom of the the mountain. Yeah, but we're not. You want to be on Weight Rock. Yeah, that's a bad idea. Well, it's a good idea, but it's also a bad idea. You are getting a substantial amount of messages. Do you need to check? No, I'm not getting a substantial. I'm just going to put my do not disturb on. I just got one message there. The familiar. Right, and is it family telling you they uh, they care about you? Nope. Well, that's. I'm sorry. That's fine. All right. They do care about me. They just not. Not not, enough to call. they They don't harp on it. You know, it's enough. Just enough, you know, to reinforce my, to be honest with you, not quite enough to reinforce my uh, uh, inferiority complex. Here's my um, thing that I think would make a nice Christmas gift. Okay. It's uh, it's a phone for your older relatives. Phone for your older relatives, okay. Okay, so it can either be landline or it could be, uh, it could be mobile, it doesn't matter. Yep. But it's uh, got um, big writing on it Okay. Uh, that says, remember, you can also call them. <laughs> So funny you say that because I was talking. So you know when they go, you never call. Yeah, got one of those one-way phones. Huh? That's what my mom says to me too. Yeah, and it's funny because I was my brother-in-law was over a couple of days ago. He came over to help. Uh, we just bought a new fridge. Okay, and so he came over to help us help me move it up the stairs because it's heavy. Yeah, fridges are heavy. Yeah, and so I had a dolly and we like dollied it up the stairs. We have to dolly the other fridge down the stairs, but we'll do that in, in another. Another week because we still haven't. <laughs> Lisa and I have just—it's been so busy. It's just like let's get it upstairs. All right, let's not worry about it for a few days because. So you got two fridges. We have two fridges sitting in the kitchen right now. Oh, why so, did you bring the other fridge up? Because I need to move all the stuff out of the other fridge into something. So I just thought oh, I'll just bring it upstairs, move all the food into it, and then get the other one out of there. Okay, it'll work. If I'm doing a puzzle, that isn't that's. A, I, my life is like one of those tile puzzles where you just keep moving. You have to move the. One piece around, like to the empty spot. Okay. The other thing you could do is just open your window, open the fridge door. Yeah. And just let the crows take care of it. <laughs> I do want to transfer the food. I don't want to throw it away. Very good. Um, so anyway, it was over and we were talking. Uh, and I was talking about having seen a friend who I hadn't seen for about four years. The last time I ran into him was in Value Village in Langley. And I was so excited to see him because I kind of fallen out of contact with him. And uh, he had my number, but I didn't have his phone number. So we exchanged numbers. And then that night my phone died and it took his num- new number with it. Mm. So, because I didn't have time, I guess, for, the, you know, that Google didn't do a you know, backup or whatever to the my contacts. So it just disappeared. And so I had no phone number for him. And then here he was at this, it was actually at uh, David's show uh, last week, the, the uh, Rich Folk Festival. Okay, which you performed at. Which I performed at, yes. Very badly, by the way. We'll talk about that later if you want. Um, and... So, yeah, I was super excited to see him there, and we, were, we had a good talk. And I actually, he had bust there from Langley, and so I, I gave, we gave him a ride back to his place. And uh, I was telling my brother-in-law about this, and I was just saying, and, you know, I just felt so bad because, you know, I just couldn't get in touch with him. I couldn't phone him for all that time. And, and he said, without sarcasm or anything, because he's, very, he's a, very gen, a very genuine person, he says, you know, he has your phone number. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I went, you, you're right. Why do I always feel like, why do I always end up being the having to call people person? Like, I don't like calling people, for one thing. I don't mind answering the phone. But I feel really guilty about calling people and bothering them. Because I just feel like I'm just wrecking their day by calling them. And so I have a hard time. I know it's weird. But I have a hard time with that whole thing. You know, come on. It's not like anxiety has any, has any sense to it, right? So um, Ian's making a face like, that's ridiculous, Dave. But, you know, 
that's just how I feel. And so it makes me hesitate and I put off calling people. And then also because I have really bad object permanence, once something is out of my head, it's, it'll never return again. Right. Once again, uh, that makes for good games of peekaboo between us. <laughs> that's right. And I, uh, so that, out of sight, out of mind, is a very good uh, motto for me. So yeah, so it, but it was nice to see him. But yeah, my brother-in-law was right. I, you know, my phone number has not changed in, uh, since 1994. Oh, okay. Anyone could call that that same number mm-hmm. that I've had since 1994, and I will answer that phone. Yes, you have to dial an extra nine to get to me, but uh, okay, because there's a little thing to stop robocalling. All right. So if you call me, yeah, then you have to press nine, and then it will connect to the, uh, my phone. Oh, okay, all right. Yeah. Because you dislike robots. I don't. It's not that I dislike robots. I have nothing against them personally. I just don't well, like. Well, they're not persons, so you couldn't have that's anything the thing. against them personally. <laughs> I have nothing against them mechanically either, but I just no. don't. I just don't want them phoning me. Oh, all right. They're very persuasive. Okay. Not persuasive. They're very robotic. <laughs> not robotic. They are robotic, but I was thinking they're very. Uh... Well, they phone a lot, a lot. When I get in a robocall, this is how I answer it now. Uh, just be polite. Uh, domo arigato. Really? Yeah. Mr. Roboto? Well, I don't want to assume. Assume it's Mr. Roboto. It could be Ms. Roboto. Mm. It could be one of the little Robotos. Yeah. And so on. It's true. I've, I made a joke at work today, and the person I was with didn't get it. He got the first part of it, because I just said, I can't remember when I said something like, I'm not a robot. And then I said, but the Terminator is a robot. And he said, yeah, the Terminator is a robot. Then I said, interestingly, Mr. Robot isn't a robot. And he just went, Shrug. I was like, Universal Show Mr. Robot? Okay, forget it. <laughs> I didn't, didn't I didn't realize things could pass out of pass out of culture so quickly. Okay, I can debate you that whether the determinator is a robot or not. Well he's But let me ask you this like a robot. Robo, Robocop. Is he a robot? I guess so. He's a robot. He's a cyborg. Do you consider a cyborg a robot? Yeah, it's a robot. I think a cyborg is different than a robot. So like, a, okay, <laughs> Terminator's so you, a cyborg too. So you, I guess, wait wait a second. Yeah, that, uh, yeah, that's right because he's got that human logic. skin. Yeah. Uh, okay, but, but let he doesn't me... have a human brain, which I guess you could argue Does Robocop is not a robot because he has a he has a human brain. Okay, well, this is my question. Yeah. If you consider Robocop to be a robot, yeah. Do you also then consider um, uh, Steve Austin to be a robot? No. Because he is a cyborg. Yeah. Because he was from the I, book Cyborg. I was, I, was just, I was just going along with your thing when I said I thought that Robocop was a robot. How much... I don't he, think he's a robot. How much human does a robot have to have before it becomes a cyborg? Like, if you gave a robot a human eye... I think a Like, hu- are you now... No, is that now a cyborg? I think a human brain would have to be... You gotta a, go brain? Yeah. I think there has to be some part so of a Terminator personality. So Terminator is not a... He's not a robot. He's not a cyborg. He's... They're just using... Because here's the thing about the Terminator. They're using human skin to fool, fool uh, sensors. Right. So you're... Okay, well, your Terminator, uh, your second Terminator, that's not uh, that's not human because it's got no It has no... Yeah. It's all metal. Uh, and also, <laughs> Terminator yeah. in the first movie, yeah. it's got the human skin. Yeah. Um, that's, you know... You know they uh, they clone the skin and they wear the skin. Yeah. Uh, but but then when the skin gets burned off and he's just a robot. Yeah. Uh, he's just a robot. Yeah. Now he's no longer uh, things. So. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, it makes sense. So Terminator robot, uh, Robocop, Robocop cyborg. cyborg. Yeah. Steve, Steve Austin. Most... Do you do you even call him a? I mean, I would know if he's kind of a cyborg. He's just got like two, two, three mechanical parts on him. Four. He's what's he's got the eye. Yeah. The leg. Z. Oh, both legs. Oh, that's right. It would make sense. Yeah, he doesn't leg. hop along. <laughs> Running in a circle really yeah. fast. And the arm. <laughs> yeah, he's got two legs. Sorry. Two legs, one arm, and an eye. Does Okay, does Jamie Summers yeah. have one ear 
that's super hearing or is it both ears super hearing? Because that would really screw up when she's listening to concert and getting that stereo. Yeah, yeah. One's real good and the other one no dice. Maybe she can turn it down so that it's like more like the other ear. Do you think they thought maybe with... Because uh, they had the ear technology clearly. Sure. Um, why, didn't like, they, why didn't they give that to deaf people? Boy, that's not a bad point. <laughs> well, I mean, it magnifies... Okay, look. Yeah. They're not saying the thing that connects the ear to the brain. Yeah. Okay. Well, well, yeah. The problem... Oh, yeah. That's a good point. I mean, unless it's a million dollars, in which case then I understand. That would really that would really kill your insurance. Yeah. Yeah. Like you, like the, the the technology is there yeah. to replace the arms and the eyes and mm-hmm. the uh, and the, and the ear it makes the government a dick for not giving that to people, right? <laughs> yeah, like it doesn't have to be the super version. Yeah, yeah, just, just like them, a normal one. Give yeah. them a regular. Yeah, yeah, regular style. Here's the important thing: it was just made up at the time. Yeah. <laughs> it didn't exist. Now they have. They do. They can like give hearing to people like this special. They even give it to a dog. It was bionic dog. Like Jamie Summers had oh, that dog. Oh, okay. Did she have a dog? He was scared of fire. And I forget what his deal was. Or, yeah. You know, I think it was a he. Uh, but yeah, like you could hear. You could definitely like jump and like. Did he have a super people. nose? You know. Only that, thing that makes sense. That would make that would make sense because it's the one thing missing. Because, you know, like you don't think about dogs like, oh, they have such great hearing. It's more like they're great at smelling. And then the next whatever bionic thing, your bionic cat would have a super tongue. Because <laughs> that have a sense of taste. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, sure. Hmm. And then two two bionic legs, maybe four bionic legs, really. It's usually yeah, the back legs because they got to be able to jump on the uh, the bad guy and go whoa and knock him back. <laughs> sure. And uh, and then he they, then he flies back into the wall and hits his back into the wall. Yeah. And that knocks him out, and that's okay. It's a good clean hit. You don't feel bad or weird about it. The dog doesn't like tear the guy's neck out <laughs> with his bionic teeth. Yeah. 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 You want to? So you want to lick the dog? You don't want to be scared of the dog. Yeah. Ew. That's why it's not a Doberman, because they're the scariest dog. It was a German Shepherd, I think. Was it? I think so. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. You could tell because of the accent. <laughs> was it an Austrian Shepherd? What are we doing today? Could you tell if it was an Austrian Shepherd? Oh, I'm not. I'm not sure. I didn't really follow the series that okay. much. Okay. Just wondering if you could tell the accent difference. Uh, in a dog. Yeah. Between Ruff. a German and Austrian Ruff. Shepherd. Uh, let's see. And no. Woof. <laughs> Woof versus roof. That's the subtle difference. That's the subtle difference, yeah. Yeah. What you do is you put the Von Trapps in front of you. Sure. And then uh, see which one the dog goes for. And that's how you can tell. I don't know. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> what a silly conversation. The reason I... reason I, <laughs> The reason I... Uh... Have you heard this show? <laughs> yep. This is really on beam. <laughs> many... many... Uh, the reason I kind of poo-pooed my performance at the Rich Folk Festival oh, okay. yes, yes. was because for the very first time, and I don't know what they were doing, why they were tormenting me, but for the very first time, I had like a PA in front of me that I could hear myself. Normally, I just sing to a what... production assistant. No. The and so P- they would like be holding their nose like, woo! Yeah. No, you know, like, PA, like a speaker, yeah. speaker pointed to you that... Play, hear you your know, own voice back. Yeah. I've never had that before. And it really threw me. Because normally, I just like harmonize to what David and... The other person we sing with Pete, what they're singing, I'll just sort of sing and in, in, I'll find a place in between. But it's hard to do that when you your voice is coming back at you, and then you, it's hard to oh, hear yeah, the people you're singing with. Factor. Now, so, can you harmonize like just? Yeah, yeah, I can tell when things are out of tune quite easily. And then you'd stand up and walk out on them. <laughs> do I just? Get, it's so upsetting that it's out of tune. Okay. <laughs> I don't care about my friends. Oh, that, oh, all right. Yeah, yeah. No, if you're out of tune. 
I'm going. I walk by. Yeah, I'll just walk on by. Yeah, okay. Oh, that's a different song. <laughs> walk on by. Uh, all right. So, so, and you weren't happy with your. Uh, I did, your... didn't think I. Yeah, I just think I, well, it didn't help me uh, at all. Didn't help me at all. The only thing that helped. The only thing I think that uh, sold me on, um, like, made my performance any good at all was that after the show, I, I gave David a, a pack, uh, a case of uh, Diet Coke that I found out in Chilliwack for him. Because it's really hard to find Diet Coke right now. Eric Coke Zero because of the, the uh, strike. Oh, is that right? Yeah. I tried to get you a Coke today. You've got, you've got yeah, it. Yeah. I drank through it. We have more if you need more. Thanks. Uh, and uh, instead they got me Coke Zero. Oh. Yeah, I got it delivered. And really? uh, and and first of all, I ordered like regular yeah. Coke, uh, like a 500 milliliter bottle. Like that's what that is. Mm. Uh, and uh, and then they we don't have that. I'm like, oh, okay. Uh, well then, just get me uh, the larger bottles, like the 750, which is too big, frankly, <laughs> yeah. uh, for Coke. Uh, give me that, and so I got like some 750 of uh, Coke Zero delivered, and they just replaced it with Coke Zero. I was like, no, you can't do that. Yeah, that's not how that goes. That's not the same at all. Yeah, and you're now you're telling me that it's hard to get the Coke Zero. It is, yeah, hmm. yeah, or at least it has been. Uh, what has caused a shortage of uh, of that? The I I guess the bottling company where because. I don't know if it's the same way now, but it used to be that Coke almost was kind of like it franchised itself. So like there's bottling companies in various cities that make that will bottle the Coca-Cola. So here in Vancouver, I think it was like Gray's Bottling or whatever that Okay. I can't remember the exact name. But anyway, anyhow, they're on strike. Hmm. They're striking for, for more pay. And so there's Coke is not being made, produced so that, you know, stores are just selling what I guess what they have, have warehoused. And they probably make more of the classic style than they do of the Coke Zero and Diet Coke. I'm trying to think of my dad's uh, company, uh, Dom, Dominion Glass, uh, was a bottler of Coke. They used to have Coke bottles on display in their lobby. Okay. Like all these all different yeah, yeah. bottles that they had. Maybe they provided they bottles to, to the local could, yeah, bottling could be. company before. Yeah, he worked in, he managed a glass uh, Before some jerk invented the, uh, the can. Yeah. Got that dick. can technology. <laughs> And then they made it really easy with the uh, the, op- the uh, easy open can. You guys don't know, you youngsters. <laughs> you have to peel the oh, the, those the, were... the top off, and then all the variations of that. Uh, and then there was another one where it was like it had two uh, kind of push buttons. You know, like when you get like a McDonald's cup, and you can push down and go like, oh, that's a root beer. So now I know push. They had that, but like on the can, it was like metal. Yeah, yeah, you and had you had like... one big one, and you had one small one. And you push down, yeah. which is nice because then it could break off and you could get a nice floating <laughs> shard of metal in your drink. It's possible, I suppose. I don't remember that happening. But, yeah, it was a weird thing because you would have to do two so then you didn't have a vacuum Yeah, as you're trying to drink your You would Coke. learn how physics work. Yes, you did learn how physics work. And yeah, and the old, of course, the reason they stopped making the peelback ones is because it became an environmental nuisance because people would just chuck them all over the place sure. and people and animals would be... Strangling themselves or or stepping on them and whatnot. So yeah, then they went. Or a seagull would like put it on its foot and go like, "I'll cut you, motherfuckers!" <laughs> That's and right. like, Whoa! So, wow, what's like, going on? Wolverine claws. It's walking towards you, going, "When you're a shark, you're a shark, you're or you're a jet. One of the two. There's jets, sharks and jets, right? That's right. Okay, thank God. By the way, a jet would not fight because <laughs> she, seagull a versus jet. jet. Yeah, it's, it's a, a jet. jet. Yeah, it would shoot the shark. It doesn't even need a, a knife. It doesn't even need a knife or even like a bottle. No. Cap, but not a bottle cap. But do you, do you want another drink? No, no. I was just looking at it. Just I was just sort of feeling it because. But I, to be honest, although I, I don't really. You uh, don't believe in honesty. Well, just that the, the I do believe in it, but the bottle was the best, the best way to drink 
Coke or any kind of soft yeah, drink. Yeah, the shape helped. The shape? Yeah, just the, and the uniqueness of them. I think that's something that's disappearing now. Well, for sure. Remember, like, French's mustard used to have those cool shaped, you know, they kind of uh, were t- thicker at the top and then they, they tapered down towards the bottom. Okay. Jars. Now yes. they're just now they're just like these sort of just you know just a regular like block. And I can see why. It's a cause... very Wayne boring Superman <laughs> yes. style jar. Yeah. And the new ones make sense because they can be easily packaged efficiently into boxes, mm-hmm. whereas the old ones because they have that fancy design were less efficient to pack. But at what price to society, David? At well, that's price? the thing. That's what I say. Like, what, what are they gaining by losing this wonderful, yeah. uh, distinctive bottle? You know that they once had. And the same with you know like. They used to have like the Sprite bottles had those little dimples in them. Don't they anymore? Well, if you, if I guess if you buy the bottles, but it's very pretty hard to find. Like you know, there's no like bottle dispensers or anything now. Mm. Like when we were kids, there was you know you go to the store and you could try and if when you're a kid it's really hard because you have to really pull really hard to get the bottle out of the the machine the machine part of it. Right. But, but yeah, that, that was, was a bad system. Ah uh, well, it I, was a bad system. The yanking the bottle thing. Yeah. Like, you feel like a lot of people broke that bottle and just cut their hands to shit. I'd, I never heard of that happening, but... No, never heard of it because <laughs> covered it up. <laughs> That's what they did. Yeah. If you like uh, if you like a bottled soda, yeah, uh, there's a couple of corner stores I can take you to and mm. you'll uh, be fine. Yeah. You'll be very happy. Yeah. I mean, you can buy them in the store now too, but then they're like, they're tiny. Yeah. And then you're looking and you're like, were they that tiny or are they just... I think they used to be small. I don't yeah, think so. Yeah, I think so. it was more sensible back in the day. I don't know about that. I feel like they just made them smaller. Just to... I feel like if we gave uh, like a, a Slurpee, a, reg- a medium Slurpee yeah. to someone in the 50s, yeah. it would kill them. <laughs> if, if you gave them a big gulp, it yeah. would kill them and their family. <laughs> well, that's possible. Hmm. I doubt that they, yeah, I'm sure that they didn't drink that much. But I feel like the bottles were bigger. I don't think they were that small. So that's right. crazy. It's crazy. How small There's no way to look it up because I've only got an iPad in front of me. Yeah, it's well, much harder to look piece stuff of, up now. Piece of garbage. Doesn't this tell you anything. The, this is the uh, the oldie days. I'd have a computer in front of me, uh, <laughs> but uh, you know now I've, I've I've slicked up the room. Yeah, you've uh, now we can look each other in the eye. Yeah, you know, like old friends. It's like old times. It's important to like maintain eye contact for mm-hmm. two hours a week, <laughs> and it's like okay, now I feel all right about things. Well, that's and, true. It was hard to do the show when we would do it. Over, over Skype with each other because when you're looking at the other person, yeah. like I can see, oh, Ian wants to talk, so I will, I'll be quiet. You know, I'll give you a gap, and then you're looking at me the same way, and you're like, Dave wants to talk. Well, I'm just gonna keep on talking. <laughs> yeah, I gotta bowl through this. <laughs> so, but when you would, when we'd be on Skype, we'd be constantly like, because oh, uh, 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 we just couldn't see each other to know when to. To be quiet. What if phone? Okay, I'm gonna. I, I going back to your problem with calling people. Yes. Because you feel I'm gonna bother you. Yeah. And I understand that. Mm-hmm. And you're correct. Yeah. That does bother people to call. <laughs> but if some there, people, not if everyone. there was something on a phone where it's like, so you get your phone list of your friends. Yeah. And uh, and there was like a little button that was next to it that, that like just uh, went green. Yeah. When they're like, I'm open to a phone call now, and it's no pressure to call, but just letting you know mm. that I've got a little free time right yeah, yeah. now. Click. And you do the green, and now you can just look and go, I'd oh, love, you know what? I'd love that. Yeah, they're open to a call. Click. <laughs> I would love that. Yeah, and then you don't feel bad. And then when you yeah. when you see that they're yellow, you're like, okay, if it's important, I can call them. Yeah. And if it's red, uh, they're sleeping. Send a text. Yeah. Send right. a text. That's yeah. what that, that's what you should be doing. Yeah. Yeah. No, that would be really helpful. It's kind of like it's well, it's sort of like that with like Facebook Messenger or whatever. Like it'll tell you if someone's on. 
Facebook or whatever. But, have like a but green... you don't know if they're just on Facebook to look at stuff themselves, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. or this means I'm up for a chin wag. <laughs> and I'm like... just saying, like at least, but you know that they're on. So if you send them a message, they'll see your message. They don't have to respond to it, obviously, but you, right. at least you know, oh, well, this person can, you know, I can get in touch with this person. If it's like an emergency, I don't, when I write to people, I'm not expecting an immediate response. Sometimes I, I am, though, like if it's an emergency and you're like, what kind of pizza do you like? Or what, you know, something like that. You, know, you, you want a response. Or, or as I write to Lisa, when are you home? And then she'll, she'll respond like when she's five minutes away. She's like, I'm five minutes away. And then you go, that is not helpful. <laughs> it's, fine. it's fine. I'm just looking up what uh, Julia Wurtz's uh, new book was called that I'm reading. Impossible right now. People? That's correct. Uh, they got a thing in there because it's about her. At least. Are you reading it right now? Oh, it's great. I'm yeah, I, really, I forgot it was coming out. I'll have to. Love it. There's a few books I need to get. I'm so loving, uh, 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 especially autobiographical comics mm, right now. Yeah. Like, I'm just so... No, I'm not. <laughs> oh, it's so so good. I got like a Jeffrey Brown one coming okay. today. And okay. I reordered Relish because I lost my copy of Relish and I want a friend to read mm, that Lisa one. Nicely, Lucy yeah. Nicely, yeah. Lucy Nicely stuff. Uh, you know, God bless all the stuff about her and her baby. That's fine. How about you and food? Yeah, that's what interesting. <laughs> but this one is about um, uh, Julia joining AA. Which I think yeah. I can say because she's publicly said it in her book, so that's fine. Yes. But uh, one of the things that uh, that she she mentions is you know advice that she got about you know when you want to drink, uh, call a friend or just go and do, go outside, do mm. something social. Yeah. And uh, and she was going call someone on the phone. <laughs> Yuck. And I'm like, yeah, that's a hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. Whenever I've ever thought about like that kind of thing and like if there's ever anything that I'm trying to like get mm. over or recover mm. from, the idea of like having a sponsor that you can call. Yeah. Well, that's useless. You're not going to be able to call <laughs> them like on the phone. Yeah. And just like, oh, that's crazy. What year I, is this? I guess, I guess that, I mean. I know you're we, different on this. I mean, well, no, I'm not because obviously I've mentioned that I do have I don't have a, it's weird. Like, I don't have anxiety about answering the phone. I have no problem answering the phone. I, I love people phoning me. It's just me calling other people it makes me very nervous. And, uh, but I think with a sponsor, it's a different relationship than just a friend. Sure. You know, like, this, this is a person who has agreed with to set their personal life aside to, to help yeah. you, you know? Yeah, I yeah, get that. It's absolutely I was, right. I was watching uh, Painkiller, the uh, Nef- Broderick. The Netflix show, yeah, with Ma- with uh, Matthew Broderick and Taylor Kitsch, BC Boy, um, as a as an addict. And there's you know the scene near the end of the series where he's in a situation where there's temptation, and you're just like you know call call someone right now. Like you are time to call. Yeah, get on the phone. Call you know you have a person who wants to help yeah. you. Get on the phone. Like d- this is not a time for you to be. I don't want to bother someone or, you know, this is the time that, you know, there's a person who's waiting to help you, wants to help you, wants to take you through, take you step by step through this thing. And, you know, to fail to do so is to fail that person too. And yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a heartbreaking thing when they, when they don't call, you know, and no temptation's so difficult. And that's what that person's there for. Like you, you can never think about it that way. It's the, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, to to me, the, uh, the I've got such a strong negative thing about phoning <laughs> that it, it's basically like if I was to parallel it, it'd be like this: It's like, okay, I am tempted to do heroin, yeah. so here's what I've got to do in order to get help. 
I've got to strip nude, and I've got to go walk into the middle of the street and just wave my hand. And if I do that, yeah. I know an ambulance will come yeah. and will take me to the hospital, yeah. and then they will not let me have any heroin. Yeah. And this is the only way I'll be able to not have heroin. Yeah. But I don't want to strip nude and go into the center of the thing because that's a phobia on its own. And that's what it kind of feels like. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Do yeah. this other thing that like is a, yeah. that you're a wired... It's all about wiring. You're just you're, you're wired in such a way you gotta rewire yourself. Yeah. It's a, so, sometimes a, you have to be like that guy, death proof guy, whatever from Suicide Squad. You gotta overcome your fear of rats. You know, you gotta okay. You gotta face your fears sometimes. You know? Bloodsport. Bloodsport. That's his name. <laughs> Deathproof. I don't know. No, you're not wrong. He's you're, a guy with a. I'm sure there's a superhero called Deathproof. <laughs> there's definitely a movie called Deathproof. <laughs> Yes. Uh, I was going to say, uh, we, we talk sometimes about Neil Brennan's uh, podcast. Block, Block's podcast. Block's, yeah. which is uh, both a video podcast. Uh, who has a, he's a very good interviewer. He's a very good interviewer, and he's got Maria Bamford this, this week. Oh, nice. So it's like, oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> That's a good Superman, Batman team. <laughs> Excellent. But something that he said a couple of times on the show, which is very interesting to me, is uh, he's, uh, he's uh, said how... Um, he he doesn't really believe people can change, mm. you know. And the only times he's ever seen people change is uh, if they almost die, mm. and that's and then you know the person will usually bring up, well, this person you know that I know you know uh, gave up drinking. What happened right before they decided <laughs> to give up drinking? Yeah, you're right. They <laughs> they almost died. Yeah, yeah. But like our our nature of our addictions and our you know, uh, how, again, how yeah. we're wired, our mm. flaws, mm-hmm. you know, and in order to change those, it's so freaking, it's so it freaking is. difficult yeah. that it does take a big squack. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was trying to get healthier and I was trying to get healthier before I went to, you know, any, any hospitals or whatnot with pneumonia and all that kind of thing. Cause I was seeing, you know, friends, uh, too many friends on, uh, the internet, you know, in the hospital. Mm-hmm. And just like, you know, this person had a heart thing, this person had a this thing, this person had a that thing. We're, and it was we're, like, we're of that age. We're of, we're of that age. Uh, also, the, the, the thing about cartoonists is so many have this kind of stuff. Like people that work in the comics industry. It's, well, I think it's a pretty sedentary job. And so it's... It requires a lot of sitting. But then nowadays, so many jobs do as well. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. just any office job or working from home and yeah. entering data or what have you. And so I saw that and I was like, okay, I'm going to get ahead of this. Yeah. And I'm going to try and change this. Yeah. And then, yeah, I ended up in the hospital anyway because I, I was working out at a pool and sucked in some water and got pneumonia. <laughs> and that put me in the hospital for oh, like a little irony. Little a week yeah flippity <laughs> the great the great god flippity irony dip dap <laughs> but i actively was trying to not go through the pattern yeah of you know well it's after you've had the big bad thing mm-hmm. that you now get your life together or the doctor will take you aside and go okay buddy now i'm gonna mike berbiglia you and you're gonna get a hit show out of this but you gotta take care of yourself my yeah. hopes yeah yeah no that's it is it is interesting and i don't know what like knowing, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> being friends with a former addict, um, it's interesting to know that I don't know if he came close to dying, but he was living on the streets. He was, he did spend, you know, a solid five years of his life just living hand to mouth, shoplifting for money, right. buying drugs, buying heroin. Uh, and I guess he reached such a low point that he finally. 
you know, responded to his sister's entreaties to go into treatment, you know, and he went through methadone and got better. And it's interesting because he met a, a former friend who was also going through the program that it didn't take. He didn't take. He went back to using and passed away. And actually, another guy at work, his brother just died of an overdose. Uh, and, you know, this guy was in his 60s and died of an overdose, you know. So he had a long, long life of, of abuse. But unfortunately, where we are right now, it's so unsafe to be an addict, too, because of the fentanyl crisis, yeah. you know, where you're getting stuff. You have no idea what you're getting when you're getting drugs. And the I think amount, the amount of times I've been at the library and there's been the code for someone who has like, mm, yeah. done something with fentanyl. Yeah. And they've had to like call yeah, the narcolone, yeah. Nic- narcolone, I should say. Yeah, it's or naxalone, whatever they call it. Um, yeah. the And, the, you know, those are just ex- examples of people, you know, like what's interesting with. With my friend who hasn't used for a long time, well, one thing is thank God for his, his sister because she's the one that basically like gave him a place to live, a place to clean up, a place to, you know, found him a job where he worked. Right? That's where I met him. And, you know, pretty much like sponsored him through this through this thing, you know, even against the wishes of his mom and stuff like that, you know. Mm-hmm. But also to himself too because he's the person who wanted to change you wanted this change in his life right and made the effort and when his sister passed away unexpectedly she she died of uh, choking to death um he went into therapy because he was afraid that he would go back to using yeah you know because it's such it was such a big psychic hit you know to lose someone so close to him uh that he went into therapy which i thought was really responsible you know like showed like real maturity like good judgment you know which i think sometimes addicts suffer from because it's obviously like an impulse thing that you get into these problems you know or you're just making poor 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 decision making um and yeah it's just but it is, you're right i think it i don't know if he ever faced i have to ask him if he if he felt like he faced death to, to change what he to make that big change in his life or if it's just so yucky that you're just like i just can't stand this anymore i just like any Anyone who'll throw me a lifeline, I'm going to take it at this point. Cause... Yeah, that's a that's that's that weird thing where you. Uh, but the yucky happens so gradually. Yeah, exactly. Just yeah. like, well, this is who I am, and this is how it is. Yeah, exactly. So how how would you possibly get out of yeah. this? You couldn't. But then when someone throws you a lifeline, if you're ready, you'll take it. If you're not ready, you're not going to take it. Like you can force people into treatment, but if they're not ready to to make that change in their life, they're not going to. Yeah, Maybe. sometimes, and sometimes they're never ready for it. And, mm, and yeah. the only way is to get them in to just change things a little bit and shake things up. Mm. It's got, yeah, it's, uh, it's such a, it's such a weird, mm-hmm. it's such a weird thing. Yeah, I've known, to, I've known too many people as well who, yeah, have, I want to say like drank themselves to death, yeah. but like for the most part, yeah. Yeah. That are, you know, just too many, uh, and for the most part, because I know comedians, yeah, these comedians, and then there's, there's a little, I've only listened to the very beginning part of the uh, Brennan uh, Bamford thing. Okay. But uh, you know, one of the things he brings up off the top, and I didn't really follow up on it because I had, I got home and I stopped listening to a podcast, <laughs> uh, was how you're touring with someone who you know is an addict who is killing themselves, mm. and that's just a normal thing. Yeah. That's just the thing. Like yeah. you know, they're going up, they're doing their set, they're functioning, yeah. and you know, they look like they can function and be a human being. Yeah. But you know this person isn't going to last like yeah. they're going to they're going this is killing them yeah what do you do that's a, that's it and there's you don't really have much you can do because yeah because what else you can can't, they do <laughs> what else can they do exactly yeah because it's really on them you know and yet they're not in the right headspace yeah. to be able to make a change because no. their wiring is all fucked up and, and i'm sure people tried to help 
uh, Mitch Hedberg over and over again. And, you know, to him, heroin was a, an essential part of who he was I know, as, a, would, as a comic. It really bugs me, like, you know, when, you know, you hear the story about uh, him and his partner, like, near the end, like, uh, saying that he had stopped. Mm, yeah. And and they were so proud that they had convinced everybody. Yeah, yeah. You know, but they don't know. Yeah, Because, yeah. you know, they're a team. They're a team. And it's us versus the world. And that's such a that's such a, a strong yeah. environment uh, to be in that for like, it's, it, it feels good. It feels like, you know, uh, uh, but yeah. And so, and then, he, but who are you dies. fooling? Who are you really fooling? Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's still, my gosh. Yeah. You run, you run this narrative in your head. Again, when you uh, listen to any stories of John Mulaney talking about, you know, his uh, intervention mm. and how upset he was that there was a car that was downstairs that was going to like take him somewhere. Yeah, 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 yeah. He wouldn't be able to have a couple of days to get ready and uh-huh. all that. And it's like, yeah. Yeah, because you don't really need a couple of days to get ready. That's the thing. In fact, <laughs> of course you shouldn't have a couple of days yeah. to get ready. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, yeah, it's, it's your body, re- everything rejects anyone who's trying to help you. Yeah. They're the enemy, says your body and your brain. Uh, and yeah, you're like, how do you not have the logic to know that this is, yeah, well, you don't. Lisa, Lisa was watching Kid Gorgeous the other day on Netflix. and uh, What was that, sorry? Kid Gorgeous. The, okay, yes. The, the John, John Mulaney comedy special. Yeah, not his most recent one. Not his most recent one, that's right. And there's a lot of cocaine references in mm-hmm. that show. You don't notice it when you watch it. When you watched it four years ago, whenever it came out, you didn't notice that. Yeah. But now, what, what, I just said, I was reading when she was, she was watching, I was reading a book and then I, but I kept hearing this cocaine because I, I, you know, you're like John Mulaney, cocaine addict, and he's saying cocaine and you're like, I just looked up and I said, boy, these really land differently now, don't they? Because at the time you're like, oh, harmless cocaine references. And now you're like, oh. It's in the past. This is a, it's in the, not in the past, obviously, yeah, know, but, but you know what I mean, you know, you're saying, but when we're listening to it then, we're like, oh, this is his past he's talking about, but. Then you're like, oh no, he's still like obsessing oh, over this over this stuff. What that reminds me of is how I know someone is about to come out of the closet, which is, uh, or at least how it used to be. Yeah, which was they'd always like say stuff along the lines of, uh, yeah. Then this uh, woman, like uh, this woman came up, was coming on to me. She thought I was gay. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> Isn't that crazy? And like you know, yeah. It turns out my neighbors are uh, my neighbors are gay. Mm. You know, they're uh, yeah, they're a couple. I, I had no idea. I guess you never know. <laughs> you never know, right? You just never know. Looking for the reaction of like, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, I think, yeah. and then eventually it's just, yeah. In that case, then it was it was someone who I was going out with at the time, yeah. And then we broke up for unknown reasons, and as I say, then I found out on the news like a couple of weeks later when she was at a pride parade <laughs> wearing a shirt saying, "No one knows I'm a lesbian." I was like, ah. There you go. But you're it's, right. I didn't. But it's the casual yeah. mentioning. Yeah, yeah. Because there's something even when you're trying to cover up what you're doing. Yeah. You will bring the shit up. You'll mm-hmm. you'll be like, you know, well, it's really easy to steal stuff from this store, <laughs> huh? What do you mean? I wouldn't, but you know, you could. And it's like, well, this person clearly has pants full of Snickers, or they will soon. Yeah. Like yeah. it's just the casual bringing up of. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Hey, did you ever think about? Yeah, of course. Yeah. You're gonna do the thing that you're talking about right now. So when did you steal those? Sne- uh, when did you steal those Snickers? Hmm. <laughs> it's very specific. Uh, yeah. No, my, own, my only ill-begotten Snickers mm. was in uh, kindergarten, and and a teacher told said something about like, "Hey, who uh, did this?" It was something that someone did in the class, and I forget. 
you know, and I went uh, and uh, I said, like, I did, even though I didn't do it. <laughs> and she went, good for you, and gave me a little mini Snickers. Oh, nice. And I was like, oh, thanks. And I ate the Snickers as fast as possible because I was like, I might get called out for this. So I ate the Snickers, and it was so delicious, and it was the first Snickers I'd ever had. Yeah. And it was like, and I didn't get called out on it. Wow. It was, it was bullshit. It was Ill, ill-gotten Snickers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, I, and, you know, there's a little bit of me that was just like, well, I might go to hell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't think you go to hell for Snickers. Who knows? Who knows? Uh, who knows the rules? If it's uh, uh, who knows the made up rules of this made up fairy place? tale, then my tongue will get cut with a nut <laughs> and it will fall out. Oh or, or if it's a Jack T. Chick comic, yeah, you know, uh, I'll I'll end up like going to the afterlife. Yeah, like, ha ha! You thought that we have care. we have you on film. You have to sit in a theater and watch this. This is incredibly modern for hell. What's this? Didn't know you had theaters here. Yes, we do. Yeah. If you, also, that if you came a hundred years ago, it'd be a play. Yeah, you know those escalators to heaven you always see in the cartoons. We had those way before real escalators. <laughs> People are like, "This is great. They should have these on Earth." And I'm like, "Well, one day." We got a lot of good technology. Listen, check this phone out. It's got a green thing on it when people want you to call. Holy cow, yeah. that's heaven! Yeah, you're in heaven. Do you really think that the escalator in in uh, cartoons? Cartoon Heaven and Hell were, were before the actual escalators? No, because Charlie Chaplin did a thing with uh, yeah, escalators. Yeah. So. so did uh, Buster Keaton and Electric Host. Is that right? Okay. Well, so escalators were yeah, around yeah. back then. Yeah, yeah. In fact, running part of the, when doing one of the gags, his, his uh, slap shoe got caught in the escalator and he broke his ankle. Making Ooh, the, yeah. It's dangerous, those slap shoes. That reminds me. Yeah. We should just call the show the, That Reminds Me, <laughs> except I've got one called Refresh My Memory. <laughs> uh, yeah. But that reminds me. I just watched Rumble in the Bronx again because it was on TV. And I thought, huh? I'm going to watch like about 15 minutes of this. And I yeah. just have to watch the whole damn thing. <laughs> but at one point, he does break his uh, break his ankle. In real life? In real life, yeah. Oh. He's doing a, doing a thing and breaks, breaks yeah. his foot and then has to wear this cast that's in the shape of the sneaker that he's got. So if you look at it from a distance, it looks it looks okay. Yeah. But I was looking at like uh, Jackie Chan's acting. Yeah. And Jackie Chan to me acts as if he's acting for someone who can't see very well. <laughs> like the acting is so oh, it's so yeah, big. Yeah, yeah. Like all the reactions are just like yeah. Okay, so you got the back row seats. <laughs> Your vision isn't great. You can't really make things out, but you could tell a hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. What Jackie's yeah. going through. Yeah, yeah. You're fine. I guess that's his peaking. Big his peaking opera training. So he was trained yeah. like for stage acting. Yeah. You know, and so he's that's what that's where he's uh, it's showing there. And that's yeah. interesting. I love his talking down the gang, where he's like, you know, aren't you ashamed? Can't you see? That you are the dregs of society, and they're all like, "You're right, we are." And it's like maybe the next time we get together, it won't be fighting; it will be drinking tea. <laughs> and I was like, "This is nice." <laughs> the only problem I have with that is he keeps throwing people into these vintage pinball machines. Oh I'm my like, god! Oh, it's a oh, great pinball. What are you doing? No, not that pinball machine. <laughs> Beautiful pinball machine. But at the time, you were fine with it because there are so many pinball machines around. Who cares? Yeah. There are a dime a dozen. Now, now they're like John Mulaney cocaine references. Um, I, it's funny. I was uh, thinking of, thinking of, of, uh, thinking of. Cocaine. No, Jackie Chan breaking his ankle, which I didn't know he broke his ankle doing, doing uh, Rumble in the Bronx. Makes me think of Tom Cruise breaking his ankle in Mission Impossible, whatever it was. Six. And I was, but here's the thing. I've been listening to a couple of podcasts with Christopher McQuarrie, 
the writer-director of the last few uh, Mission Impossible films. And it turns out that making the movies is also impossible. <laughs> yeah? Because they're just crazy how they make them. Like, he's talking about like the most recent one, Dead Reckoning. The very first scene they shot for that movie was Tom Cruise doing the motorcycle jump. Okay. Like, they did the mo- he wanted to do a motorcycle jump for the movie, so they filmed him jumping off of him on a motorcycle and with a parachute and all that stuff, and he trained for days and days to do it. He did, like, 13,000 of this, and he did 6,000 yeah. of that. And then he finally, he did six jumps in the day. They had perfect weather. They got, you know, they got everything they needed. They hadn't even written the movie yet. They had no idea what that scene was for. Yeah. They had no concept. They, he filmed him riding around on a, on a, on a, on a motor, on the motorbike in Norway, and they didn't have any scene written for it. He just said to Tom, he just goes, I have a feeling that you're not looking for the key. Because they said, well, I didn't even know about a key at that time. Right. I said, you're just concerned about someone. You're concerned about something. You're not. You're not like it, you know. And so Tom Cruise was like, oh, okay. So he wrote, he wrote around like he was concerned about something, and so that that then that turned into like him trying to get onto the train. But they had no connection at all. There wasn't even a train in, in the idea then. And then and then later on there was a train, but it wasn't even connected. It's just weird. They just think of like set pieces. Yeah. And then they're like, okay, now we got to connect it all, you know. And so they had hired like Nicholas Holt, the actor Nicholas Holt. You know him, right? He was in uh, Mad Max uh, Fury Fury okay, Road. Okay, probably know him to see him. Yeah, if you saw him, you'd know him. Uh, as the villain. Okay. But then they realized, you know, after they filmed for a while, oh, we need an older villain to f- match this backstory. So he was he was let go, and then they hired Isai Morales to be the to be the bad guy. Okay. Because he was a bit he's Tom Cruise's age, and so that would make sense to the storyline. And I'm just like, well, how do you make a movie like this? It's crazy. But it's, when you watch the movie, it, it seems so it's so seamless. It feels like. It was all carefully planned out, and everything all works together. And it all seems that. like you're shooting the uh, trailer first. Yeah, because these are the scenes you're going to see in the trailer. Well, that's uh, what it is. Is like it's ba- basically what their dream scenes are. Yeah. So Chris McQuarrie wanted to have a, tr- a train sequence. So we're going to have a train sequence. How does that work? We don't know yet. We're just gonna, we'll plan the train sequence. We'll do it, and then we'll figure it out. We're going to have Tom wants to jump off a cliff. Okay, we'll do that. We'll get that out of the way first if something bad happens. Which, which does, make, <laughs> it does yeah, make sense. Makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, you know, you don't want to shoot all the movie, spend yeah. all this money, and then, yeah, Tom... Some like, horrible accident. Yeah, gets a, something in the face, and now yeah, yeah. movie's done. Yeah. Like, oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah, just get the hardest thing done mm-hmm. first. It makes sense. Because, mm-hmm. yeah, he said they, f- they filmed 40% of the next film as well. Well, they, before they finished. Also makes sense. Which also makes sense, yeah. Also, like, everyone's not getting younger. No. So, you know, how long... I, I don't know how old Tom Cruise is. Yeah. Like, is he's he, 60, I think. Yeah, sure. So, like, you know, he's going to be 60 plus yeah. uh, in the next little while. So, mm-hmm. let's get it all done now. <laughs> yes, let's do all the hard-to-do stuff. Yeah, and try to find someone to hand it over to sure. if you can. And it's a lot different breaking your ankle when you're in your late 50s than when you're in your 40s, I assume, when Jackie Chan made Rumble in the Bronx in right. the late 30s. He just rubs his hand and then it's, he's fine. <laughs> a bunch of stage, a bunch of the stunt guys come over and, ooh, ooh, and, and they, they rub his, they chafe his, chafe his ankle and it's yeah. all better. It's all, and they I can all walk start around. kissing him on the forehead. I'm like, what's that do? I don't know. They do just, they really do that? No, they okay. don't do that. <laughs> I don't remember that from the, uh, the They start rubbing the his extra. tummy and it's like, oh, that's interesting. Yeah. I just found that kind of fascinating. This listening to, like, there's a, empire podcast called the empire spoilers special podcast which you have to pay to listen to they, is this connected to empire magazine empire magazine yeah so they have like a regular podcast that's free but then they have this spoilers one where they talk to directors mm. in quite a bit of detail but they charge you for that so i paid for a month of it so i wanted to hear that i wanted to hear the the dead reckoning one 
Because six hours of Chris McQuarrie talking about the movie, it's crazy. Neat. Yeah, that's crazy, but neat. He goes into a lot of detail, like a lot of detail. And it's yeah. interesting to hear just how things work and like talking about like Vanessa Kirby coming down to Venice, coming to Venice. Having This is during COVID. So she came to Venice. She had to do 10 days in, in, in uh, what do they call it? Quarantine. And then 10 days when she returned to England in quarantine. Right. So she came down to Venice, and when she got there, Christopher McCrory went, Venice, I'm sorry, but I just realized it makes no sense for your character to be in this scene because it makes her into a weaker character. She's like, oh, okay. So she got on the plane and went back to England and spent oh, right. 10 days in quarantine. And she said she was fine with it. She says she's just like, she's, she said she had trouble in the first film mm-hmm. to figure out how you make an Mission Impossible movie. But now she understands how you make a Mission Impossible film, and she's just fine with it. So yeah, shoot the hardest thing first, and then do, your, <laughs> do your stunts, and make it up as you go along, and yeah, then tie it all. <laughs> I mean, I wonder if uh, that's how someone like a, a Buster Keaton would have done it. Yeah, I just think like, so. Just like here's the stunts, and we're yeah. gonna shoot the stunts, and now we'll shoot the links in between the stunts leading up. Well, def- definitely they would have the gags, what they call the gags, yeah. which would be the stunts decided on they may not film them right away but they would definitely have them set in their mind and then you yeah you build the story around it i mean the navigator which is which is kind of dated in terms of like you know there's a yucky kind of cannibal ending you know cannibals attacking the boat ending where you're just kind of like ugh, a lot of blackface but at the same time it's one of my favorite buster keaton films because it's just it's such an appealing idea which is you know a couple of toffee-nosed uh, rich kids get cast adrift in a in an ocean liner and have to like make make their way. I like toffee nosed. Is it? <laughs> I've never heard that. You never heard that's that? a good expression. Okay, uh, it's I didn't make it up. It's um yeah, it just it's to me that's such an appealing idea for for one. You know, as a shy person, the idea of like being trapped in a boat with a woman, uh, not in a creepy way, but just in a kind of like, oh, now you can like prove to this person that you, you know you're yeah. worthy of their attention you know time. and she's and that's the story like he asked her to marry him and she rejects him because he's not he's just you know he's just a callow youth he has yeah. no experience or toffee-nosed, you might he's toffee nose yeah and so then but then their, their experience on this boat together you know plus there's all these great gags but it was all made up because the 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 set guy the they're 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 kind of set decorator whatever you know props person happened to be at this in San Diego to pier and saw that they were selling an ocean liner. <laughs> and he phoned Buster Keaton and said, hey, they're selling an ocean liner. We should buy it and do a movie based around it. And Keaton's like, yeah, buy it. And so he bought this salvaged boat and they did this movie. Just, you know, made it up on the spot because they had a boat suddenly. That sounds like, um, you know, like Colin Jost and uh, Pete Davidson, you know what they bought, right? No. They bought like, a, like a, one of the Staten Island ferries. Oh, really? Yeah. They just bought one. Is that why they made the King of Staten Island? They had no, the they did that before, <laughs> okay. before that. But they, yeah, they both went in on it and they had yeah. it and it's docked and it's yeah, apparently yeah. like just a huge money loser and they're just like paying all these docking fees and it's crazy. <laughs> but I'm just like, well then, do a comedy on the damn Staten yeah, yeah, Island yeah, Ferry. Yeah. Turn that into something. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta do something with that. And it's like, they both live on Staten Island or, or from Staten Island. Yeah, yeah. And so, you know. There's that's, a, that's where the Wu-Tang Clan is from too. Yeah, they're nothing to fuck with. It's true. They're not. Um, but yeah, the Wu-Tang Clan never bought a, a ferry. No, they didn't. They didn't have the vision. No. They didn't have the vision. They did sell that one album to that one guy who was the rich guy. Uh, yes. Was that the guy Was that the guy who like raised the price? Of, yeah, that dick. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The guy who's in prison now. Yeah. Yeah, he's in prison now. Yeah. That's nice, right? Yeah, fuck him. Yeah, it's a good story. <laughs> it's a good, good like ending. you're a rich guy good and ending. really screw people there's over. Some other, yeah, there's some other 
rich people, even pretend rich people that are, are heading into jail. I oh, hope. it's 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 nice. It's pretty nice. I know, but the weird part again when you're talking <laughs> Martin, about Martin Martin because he had one of those names where yeah more consonants and vowels, and you're just like I don't know. I get yeah, up. I could have if you hadn't just said Martin, I would have. But is Martin is the name first name? Yeah, yeah. So. Uh, this is this is one of those things like he's so bwahaha evil as this is I, I was uh I should have been working and instead I was watching these videos of uh of bait cars. Okay. And you're thinking like, you know what? You're probably gonna get like this thing where like they're just some kids who are just having fun and you know, I mean of course you shouldn't steal a car, it's awful. Yeah, yeah. But on. you're gonna feel a little bad for them. No, you don't. Because like almost always these are ones are just like, hey, we did it. They're so stupid. Yeah, they're really stupid. Hey, you wanna go do some home invasions? We should. We should do some home invasions. Like, oh my god. These guys are terrible. And then they they realize, you know, that they got a bait car and they're yeah, screwed. Yeah. And it's yeah. like, yeah, this is good. Well, everything they're saying yeah. just drains every last bit of sympathy out of them and they oh it's it's, it's, so it's great they're, they're, do you do this all the time yeah i'm gonna yeah. take this car and i'll drive you this place and then you can steal this other car and then we'll get this one and then we'll sell that for parts and then we'll just like well they're going on a crime fucking spree <laughs> like it's not just mm-hmm. an impulsive yeah, trying to yeah. impress your friend yeah it's like no no this is the start of something awful and yeah. uh this is fine. I'm fine. I wonder if they. I wonder if they kind of filter through the, the the. Oh, I'm sure. You know the ones that are real sad sacks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're not gonna watch those ones. You don't want to see that. That's just sad. But then, but the nice thing about this is, I think like if people are watching it, they're not gonna think like, oh, those people stealing the car are badass. They're gonna yeah. think like, I don't want to be that. Like, these, guys are, <laughs> these guys are dicks. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, you don't want to. You don't want that. Yeah, yeah, it's nice. It's nice to see. And they're like, ha ha. ha. Hey, let's go to the McDonald's first. Yeah. We'll do that. Then we'll do some crimes. I'm like, <laughs> and they get arrested at McDonald's. They didn't even get their burgers. I was like, oh, you know, oh, you're gonna be hungry in jail. That's nice. You know, you kind of deserved it. Yeah, you could just walk there. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not one for you know a lot of like propaganda type stuff. But like this yeah. is like this is good stuff because it's all them just like just talk, just bragging and yeah, yeah. Oh, it's bull- yeah, <laughs> and I'm safe at home, and everything's fine with me. <laughs> That's good. Glad to hear it. The reason that I brought up Mission Impossible is because uh, Mary and I went again to see it. So How many times? I, I've seen it three been... times now. Mary's seen it wow. twice, twice. Yeah. Okay. All right. I mean, I wanted to see it in IMAX, so I went to see it in England. And That's I'm... wow. That's a long way to go. I know. I mean, I, well, I was there because I was afraid. I knew that it would not be an oh, okay. IMAX when I came back home. You didn't just go to England to see it. I did not just go to England. But while I was there, I took advantage of being near an IMAX theater to see it in IMAX. And then uh, when I came back, the girls wanted to see it as a family because we watched all the other ones together. So we went as a family. Not all of them, but since Ghost Protocol, we've been watching them as a family. And then uh, and then uh, Mary wanted to see it again. She said, do you want to see it again? And I went, Sure. <laughs> Sure, because the second one was just as good as the first time I saw it. Like oh, I was that's just, good. and to be honest, the third time was I was just as excited and had just as much fun. So it's uh, it really worked for me, despite the fact that they do not <laughs> plan it out at all. Nope, it's, it's insane. I just I can't even imagine like spending two hundred ninety million dollars on something that you're just. And maybe that's why it. Maybe that's why it's two hundred ninety million dollars because there's scenes where they're like, yeah, we've did three months in that, but we're just going to throw it out because it doesn't work. Yeah. Got to get rid of it. Well, oh, just do some reshoots. Scenes, you know? Yeah, yeah. Or use it for the next movie. Jesus Christ! Like, what's it matter? Like, shoot it, put it, put it in that. Yeah, McCoy. Oh, was... If it doesn't work for the first one, why would it work? That's a good idea. 
Macquarie was saying that he was at a party at someone's house and that Shea Wiggum was there who plays the guy chasing after Tom Cruise's character in the film. Pretty common actor you see in a lot of, a lot of stuff. And uh, I guess he came up to Macquarie at this party and he's like, he's like, oh man, I love what you guys do with Mission Impossible. It's so great. Yeah, I just, I would love to be in one of those movies. Like, how do I, how do I like, get a part in one of those Mission Impossible films? And Macquarie goes, well, it's just doing what you're doing. You're, you're in. You're in. You're going to get a part in the next <laughs> film. So he said, I don't know, I don't know what you're going to do, but I'm going to get you a part in the next oh, film. It's that easy to act. That's great. To act? Or yeah, to, just to get an acting job. I'm just like, well, I think if how do I do it? You're kind of a... You're in. Yeah. Like, what? Oh, I think thanks. he's a little established, more established. Oh, yes. <laughs> that does help, Shea Wiggum. And so then I guess... And then I... So then he started, like, formulating, like, this character that Shea Wiggum's going to play, and he realized, oh, he needs, like, a partner. And then they really liked that guy who was in... Uh, Tar- I don't know his full name, but they call him Tarzan, who was in um, Maverick. Oh, okay. Uh, the black guy in Maverick who passes out while he's flying. And they really liked his acting in that film. And so they wanted to do more with him. And so McQuarrie calls him and he's like, uh, he's like, hey, uh, is this uh, you know, Christopher McQuarrie calling? He goes, uh-huh. And, uh, I, you know, um, Shea Wiggum's going to be in the next Mission Impossible film. Uh-huh. And I think that you're going to be like, oh, I was kind of thinking of you as his partner. Uh, uh-huh. Now, we have kind of thinking, it, you guys may not say any words or anything. You might just, <laughs> you know, there's like no real part there. Mm-hmm. And he's going like, oh man, this guy is like totally doesn't want to do it. You know, like this is not his dream job, right? The second banana to in a non-speaking role with, with another actor, you know. And, and then finally, this uh, Tarzan guy finally goes, he goes, okay, I just got to say, act in a Mission Impossible? This is like the dream of my life. Like, I don't care what part it is. Like, of course I'm in. Like, this is great. So he's like, oh, okay, yeah. I, guess I was trying to be I'll all like cool. You set on fire at the <laughs> He's like, I was trying to be all cool, but I just, no, forget it. I just, I'm in, I'm in. It doesn't matter what. And that was really interesting because yeah, oh, their their parts are basically improvised through the film. Yeah. Like they just they're just put in the situation. They're like, okay, just you're, this is happening. I want you to you know just kind of respond. Da da da. And they would just go with whatever it was you know. And, and so Shea Wiggum added like the whole thing of grabbing people's faces and seeing if they had a mask on and stuff like that. And and there's even a scene where he's like, should I? When they meet up with um, Henry Cherney's character Kittredge, and he's like, should I do the mask thing with him? And McCoy's like, no, no, I think that'd be too much. And then he's looking afterwards and he goes, we should have done the thinking the mask thing so actually he was doing a pickup with Cherney and he just had like a hand double do the mask thing so they could cut it into the scene oh, with Shea good. Wiggum yeah yeah just stuff like that and you're just like oh man movies what a magical thing just magic to make them do you think uh, Tom Cruise is the last actor to do that kind of practical stuff or will there be another guy who uh, or woman or woman uh, or robot yeah <laughs> uh, who will uh, I have seen the Spider-Man robot it's pretty impressive mm. um <laughs> uh, who will uh, want things to be practical and they won't a CGI uh, thing or is uh, yeah, those days gone by? I think those days are gone. Sorry to say. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's not just Tom Cruise. It's not just... There's a little bit of that with Keanu Reeves. Too. Like, Not really, though, because like that whole sequence, like, like the Arc de Triumph sequence in Mission Impossible Fallout is real. Like they filmed for yeah. 51 minutes at the Arc de Triumph. That's how much time they were. They're given an hour to film there. And so they filmed everything they needed in 51 minutes and put that scene together. The John Wick one is just all CGI. It's yeah. done, it's not, not even, it's just in a studio in a green green screen with fake cars and fake everything. Except he, he is doing the martial arts fighting. Like it's Yeah, like, a little bit of that. Yeah, they're but, not putting his head on a fake Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. you can tell he trained a mm-hmm. lot to do the practical. Yeah, boom, boom, boom. but I mean, you know, the scene's too long. 
It's filmed at night. You can't see anything. It, you know, it has everything that's bad about CGI, which is always at night because mm. to hide to hide the flaws of CGI. So if you're gonna do a train sequence in in Dial of Destiny, it's gonna be at night because then we can just it's all it's all green screen with people standing on boxes pretending to punch each other. Right. And then you watch like the the little uh, YouTube clips from you know the kind of making of little clips for Dead Reckoning, and you see you see like. Uh, Haley Atwell, like literally climbing around a train car onto a onto the another part another train car, and you're just like, holy! God, I know there's cables there. Yeah, you know they're not just putting her out there like you know to, to fall off the train, but she's still like actually crawling around a train at speed. You know, it's traveling like sixty miles an hour, yeah. and she's crawling along, and she's crawling along the coal thing, and she's you know, and that's really amazing to watch that. You know, and or watching Isai Morales and Tom Cruise fighting on top of the yeah. train. You know, which. We've seen it before. That's, you know, one part of that scene where you're just kind of like, yeah, it's it's good, you know, but it's still, we've all seen, like, people having to duck because tunnels are coming. Yep. In fact, we saw it in the first Mission Impossible film. They also fought on a train. Sure. Uh, Except you know. that was a CGI thing. And he didn't, he wasn't happy that that was a CGI yeah, thing. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's true. It's and still so, exciting. It's still exciting, but yeah. Because you don't know what's to come and that everything's going to be practical, practical. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, yeah, and... I mean, yeah, it's just, it's just, but you're right. Is it going to be the last one? I mean, it, it would take, it takes someone with the power of Tom Cruise to convince the studio that A, you should be allowing an A-list star to take these kind of risks in a film and then also spend, pay the, pay the money to, you know, because they had to build the train. And are the A-list stars now, I mean, your A-list stars now are usually from like the wrestling background, mm. you know, like uh, the guy who plays Drax or sure. uh, John Cena or The yeah. Rock. You know, uh, but like, who else? Where are the uh, super athletes? Yeah, who yeah. Then become an actor who also are very good actors. Uh, yeah, because Tom Cruise isn't even like uh, from a, from an athletic background. He's just a person who is a really good athlete who's who wanted to be an actor. But the two don't necessarily follow each other. I mean, when he started, like he wasn't acting in like super like athletic. I mean, I guess he did all the right moves early on when he plays a yeah. football player. But it's not really a key part of the film. You don't really there's see a, a game being played. played football players once upon a time. And then there's, yeah, there's not like a, I don't even think there's a game sequence in that movie, you know, like movies like taps or risky business and stuff early on in his career, you know, were really cocktails and stuff. Cocktails is probably an example of early on where you can start to see his actual athleticism. I know he's just doing, you know, uh, cup juggling and stuff like that, but it's still a tricky thing to do to yeah. do all that kind of He was stuff also interested in, in like physical business. Yeah. And he's really good at that. And also interested in risky business. <laughs> do 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 do. Yeah, I'm uh, sure he slid uh, on his own. I'm sure that's right. They had like a rope pulling him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Tom, the rope's gonna pull you the rest of the way. Um, and then he didn't like that. So that from from then on, he always insisted on doing his own sliding mm-hmm. in films. All this, and Rain Man, that's all his own sliding. They, they broke his spine for Born on the Fourth of July. <laughs> he had to heal it back. He's not a method actor. Yeah. <laughs> Convince Gary Sinise to like cut off his yeah. legs for Forrest Gump. Yeah. It's like, come on, go for it. Yeah. I remember like. It's too it, bad he couldn't turn himself Irish for. Uh, for what was it, Far and Away? Is that what it's called? Oh, with, it, Nicole Kidman? Yeah, that's right. The Ron Howard film. I remember seeing um, Gary Sinise. Uh, I was behind him on an escalator. Okay. Of escalators. Wow. Uh, and you just whispered like, and said, "I loved you in Snake Eyes." I did not. But what I what, oh. I, what I did say to uh, the person I was with at the time, yeah, because uh, we'd uh, just seen like Forrest Gump like a couple of weeks before, it was okay. like, "Oh, he got his legs back. That's nice. <laughs> Isn't it nice to see him with his legs?" Yeah. And like, and she was like, "You know, you're joking, but it is." 
It's really nice. It's just like, oh, he got his leg. Oh, that's really great. And it just like really brought our mood up. Yeah, just yeah. Like, oh, yeah. good for him. Good. That's true. He didn't have his legs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, maybe it, this is the last of it for 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 human beings. <laughs> Could be. But I mean, even when you say that, though, like we watched, you know, fat uh, Roger Moore pretend he's skiing against a screen and it looks looks terrible it looks terrible and we were okay with that as 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 movie goers we watched that and we went this is perfectly this is perfectly acceptable i will not take anyone making fun of this we pointed around the theater as someone was clearly like not doing anything i'm fine with paying five dollars for this movie But that's not a penny more. <laughs> not gonna, I will never pay more than five dollars to see a movie. And I believe we had free parking. Why do I think so? I think that I think we did. Yeah, we did. I think it's free parking. We're at the mall. Yeah, at the at the at the mall. And by the way, <laughs> malls are going to be fine. After this, I'm going to go to a bookstore, and I'm going to enjoy being at that bookstore. <laughs> Maybe there'll be two bookstores. Yeah, that's the way it's going to be. You know what's weird? Like you say that about malls. The mall in Langley, it keeps growing. Okay. It's weird. And they even lost like a major uh, anchor store. The Sears closed. And that was like the biggest, the big anchor store. I mean, they had the bay and they have Sears there. And Sears closed. And like just a little while ago, they were doing all this construction and building like a new part to the, to the mall. And you're, I'm like, how are you bucking the trend? Hmm? Is Langley, Langley so old fashioned that we're still like, I'm not going to order from Amazon. I'm going to drive to well, the store. I mean, and... anytime I go back to like, you know, North Delta, yeah. it's like there's another mall or there's something that's yeah. like built up and nothing's going away and yeah, yeah. nothing's shuttered. <laughs> yeah. I remember it was so weird when I went back to my old uh, hometown in uh, Greenfield Park, Quebec. Yeah. And it's like, ah, oh, let's see what all the businesses are. Uh, if they're still around, er- almost every one of them was a pet store now. Like it's not a selling pets. Yeah. But like something for pets. Okay. Like a grooming store. Like a, a grooming store or Bosley's whatever. F- like food, like a remarkable, like right. at least a dozen <laughs> businesses that I used to go to as a kid. Yeah, you know, uh, it became like pet related. It <laughs> just became this like pet community. Which yeah. was very, very odd. Um, speaking of uh, motion pictures, yeah. Uh, when I when I went to uh, my friend Eric Fell, uh, one of the co-hosts of uh, Refresh My Memory, his uh, wedding. Yep, they had a th- a theme which was a video store theme, and so we yes. all got like little. Um, uh, movies. Yeah, uh, the, you got a movie for yourself. I got a movie uh, as my seating card. Yeah, and so they're all related to things that we like. So my yeah. wife got Buckaroo Bonsai, and she of course she did. Bonsai. And I got the umbrellas of Cherbourg, and I was like, I don't know what this is, and I, and so I was curious. Yes, what it was. Shock to me. The uh, uh, sure, let's go with that. You're correct. That's the director, Catherine uh, Deneuve. Yeah. Uh, nice. So um, I watched it on the Criterion channel. Oh, yeah. That's on there. Really yeah. enjoyed it. It's a very good film. Very good film. Uh, I thought they made uh, one error. I don't want to, you know. Uh, is, Let me know. What, what is is, is uh, Jacques Demy uh, alive still? Yep. No, okay. I, I don't know if he's still alive. Actually. Okay. Let me, che- let me first check if he's alive. And he is uh, not alive much. <laughs> no. He <laughs> died in 1990. I'm sorry yeah. about that. So mm. forget that. But the 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 conceit of the film is everyone sings, you know, through the through, entire film, right? And not like like that. Da 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 da. If I wait forever, I will wait for you. Mm. That's one of the songs. Which, if you're a fan of Futurama, that's the song that the dog dies to at the end of uh, an episode. Anyway, uh, but <laughs> uh, yeah, they just sing their feelings like yeah. your car is fixed. Oh, that's great. The motor <laughs> needs some more repairs. Yeah, it's awesome. Well, then we'll do that. 
okay and you're thinking it's things don't rhyme and whatnot mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so it's all going along and you're and, and, and it works but at one point uh they go to the opera and it's Carmen. Yeah. And I thought like, oh, like when they get to the opera, the opera's just going to be, hi, my name's Carmen. <laughs> hi, Carmen. What's going on? Yeah. And like, they'll just be talking. I don't think they're going to do it. But I don't think it yeah. Like if, if everything in the world is a musical, then yeah. when they go to a musical, it should have the conceit of, this is the only thing that's spoken. There's not an instrument around. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that would have been, that would have been good. But the, but the, and it's, it's a gorgeous film. Mm-hmm. Uh, afterwards, I watched a little clip with Patton Oswalt talking about how it's like delicious. Like you just see the wallpaper. You just want to mm. eat the film. It's yeah. so delicious. But something that I found unusual in the movie without spoiling the movie is every problem is almost instantly solved and quite well. It's a fantasy. Yeah. It's a fantasy. Yeah. like That's I, the idea. I, I That's why that. it's so dreamlike and has that saturated color to it and everything else it's you know and why people are singing through it right it starts like it's 1957 mm. and like, oh well you're mentioning the date yeah. which means there's going to be a war like there's no reason to mention a date yeah i guess I unless guess something... the algerian conflict i guess at that that's time. right yeah. yeah so he's got to go off to do his military service mm-hmm. and you're like oh boy because i'm used to which mo- every which every country at that time had yeah national service like britain britain had national service at that time and yeah yeah they even kind of pushed it in America, which is the reason for uh, the Gomer Pyle show. Mm. Uh, you know, every man has to go and serve his country for a certain amount of time. Okay, yeah. Gomer, you're going now. Um, <laughs> what but, are the Starship Troopers? Exactly. So, uh, yeah. So, but every they keep setting up all these. I've got debts. I don't know how I'm going to pay them. <laughs> yeah. I'll help you pay them. Okay. <laughs> I'm gonna. Go. It was like everything was like the the biggest yeah, yeah. setups mm. and just like. Oh, I don't like the look of this. Yeah. Oh, okay, we'll take it away then. Okay. And like that's the whole movie. The whole movie yeah. is problems because the be- biggest problem is that is war. Mm. That's the unsur- that's the un- insurmountable problem that you cannot escape in okay. that world, right? But you would think then there would be huge consequences about the war. Yeah. No. <laughs> like basically yeah. basically you but know don't there's... they kind of drift apart? It's been a while. I haven't seen the film for yeah. a long time. Do they sort of drift apart at the oh, end? Oh, of course they do. Yeah. Yeah. And but I think as a result of And, and you think like, service. oh, they'll be, this will yeah. be tragic because that, no, they're both fine. It's life. Okay. Yeah. That's life. And it goes, it yeah, goes yeah. fine. Oh, but will they ever, yeah, but what if he, but what then? <laughs> oh, but how things work out with the, that's all like, all yeah. solved. It's all fine. Yeah. Well, this person who's offering something, they must be a real son of a bitch. We're going to find that out later. No, quite nice. <laughs> really? But they won't ever be happy because they know they're true. No, no, they're fine. Why? Because the other person's nice and they yeah, yeah. have a nice life. Yeah. Oh. Huh. It's interesting. Okay. So, it's interesting. It's kind of, it's yeah. sort of counter-programming. Like by the end of it, you feel good. You just yeah. go, <laughs> everything's all right. Yeah. La, la, la. And it's really, really pretty. I think it was intended sort of counter-programming to like a Hollywood musical, you know, where it's motions are much bigger and problems are much bigger yeah and, and we everything, gotta kill this and character only these characters can get gotta, to, only yeah. these characters can be together no other possibility and whatever your small sin is is mm-hmm. going to like expand and be this is just like oh no she did this thing and so now she's this but the scandal what about the scandal and it's like uh what will the neighbors think we don't talk to the na- like they literally do this what will the neighbors think we never talk to the neighbors that's true <laughs> okay yeah so it doesn't matter what the neighbors think will this ruin your life no, it's, it's all right it's fine things are they're okay yeah yeah just calm down everything's all right it's all good yeah it's interesting it's fine i really i do really enjoy that film i watched um did i mention they watched m 
I on think Criterion? you might have, okay. but uh, what'd you think of it? I thought, you know, it's <clears throat> so I've heard about that film my entire life, like as a as a film fan, right? That's sort of held up as like a great movie, and you know, as an John example, Mulaney and Conan O'Brien talk about it uh, in the podcast they just did. Okay. Yeah, and how it's probably like, they probably watched it on Criterion because that's where it's. <laughs> yeah, and how the serial killer in like most movies is really calm and has their act together, mm. and this is the sweatiest out of control, <laughs> non act together yeah, serial yeah, killer yeah. ever. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think he's okay when he's kill him when he's uh, when he's on top, but when he starts when he feels when he loses control, then he's his true colors come out. But it, it's an interesting film because. Like in your mind, you're going like, "Oh, it's this movie about this killer," and then he ends up being like, at, at, you know, being, uh, you know, uh, in the hands of criminals who want to kill him because they're, they're he's causing all these problems because the police are coming down in the criminal underworld because of his activities, and so and so you know it's like all this nighttime stuff. But then you watch the movie and it's like almost all takes place during the day, mm. all during the day, and then it was very near the it was very near the beginning of sound pictures which fritz lang the director wasn't that keen on sound pictures at that time so there's like actual parts of the film that are absolute silent film like there's no not even like like sound effect sounds right. it's just absolutely quiet scenes of just stuff happening like police looking or whatever which is very very strange because you're used to at least some background noise and you don't even get that you just get absolute silence and stuff happening you're like okay interesting choices and then and then yeah the film is kind of melodramatic and didn't really do anything for me like i didn't feel you know, you know, terrified or anything like it is. Is there a character you're supposed to relate to in it? Or are you following? The, uh, not uh, really. Like everyone, yeah. Like there's all these policemen who are like smoking like chimneys, and it's all gross feeling because everyone's just like has these giant cigars, and that's to me is the grossest thing in the world. Like I can't stand. I just hate anyone in a movie who has a cigar in their mouth. I immediately hate them. Even if they're like the hero of the movie, I'm just like, oh fuck this guy. Okay. I, I hate him. I hate him. He's got a cigar. You must not like the, the stinkiest oh, stink, TV show. Yeah, I never liked the show. The stinkiest people in the world. Blech. But anyway, so then, uh, yeah, so all these guys are smoking cigars. I don't know. Are we supposed to? But they're all like faceless, and there's no like, there's no like one guy that you're like that you're like supposed to like you know identify with or anything as the policeman character. And then you, there is some concentration on the the killer. But do you want to identify with like a child killer? No. So. You know, he's sort of opaque to you, like his motives and stuff like that are meaningless to, you know, as a person who's a non-child killer. Right. I can't look at what he's doing and go, you know, we all feel like ch- killing kids sometimes, you know, it's hard to blame a guy. No, you never feel that way. So right. why, you're not going to be like, you're not going to think of him at all in that way, like as a person you should be sympathetic to. The victims have very little time in the in the movie. Like they do set up like one mum character who discovers that her daughter is killed. And he spends a lot, of, a little bit of time building up her character. And then she discovers that her, her daughter was killed. But you don't really see her again in the film. Mm. So that's no connection there. It's just very strange. It's very episodic. And it's, it's kind of odd. So I didn't really like that movie. So that was like one down in my Euro <laughs> thrillers. So then I watched The Wages of Fear, which I have seen as a remake, which is William Friedkin's Sorcerer. Okay. Which despite, apparently, I was talking to someone today and they're telling me that this film is now getting like some of its due praise from people. I've heard about that one. But for a long time, people didn't enjoy enjoy this film. So Wages of Fear is about some people who are kind of become stranded in some sort of unnamed South American country for whatever reason. Uh, in the in the Henri Clouseau version, we don't really know their backgrounds. And so they they're just sort of there. 
some of them are maybe have been fired from the oil company and they don't have the money to get out and they're just kind of stuck in this town. Other people may have just sort of washed up there for various reasons, were a criminal or otherwise, and they're just kind of like stuck in this town. And then they have this opportunity that's given by the oil company when there's a fire at a distant oil derrick for them to bring some nitroglycerin there. That's, that's the thing. They have to drive in a truck fully loaded with nitroglycerin Thanks. through jungle roads to this, to this, this uh, burning derrick. And so this, the movie, but it takes about 40 minutes to get to that point where they start to dr- actually drive. It takes 40 minutes. So that's like the, the, you know, obviously like the climax of the film is these guys like creeping along in these trucks trying to like, or, or driving really quickly, depending on the, the situation. Um, and there's all kinds of, and that part's great in the film. Like that part's great. But it ha- the Wages of Fear has like the world's dumbest ending to any movie I've ever seen in my life. Okay, like, you want to say what it is? Okay, spoilers, I didn't see Wages of Fear, but this film's from the 1950s, so it's, it's on you. Uh, at the end of the movie, the guy, one, the one guy makes it. Like, it's kind of interesting Like the one truck blows up with the other two. So there's two trucks that are going. They only need one truck to get there, but they, it, one's like a safety. So if one, one, something terrible happens, at least the other one might get there. And so the, uh, the one truck just blows up. We don't know why. We never saw it. We just saw the flash as the other two were driving. We did follow those people to part of the adventure, but when they actually die, it's just done in this sort of very offhand way, which is fine because... That's basically what it is. Their yeah. death is offhand. You know, they, they knew the risks. They, something happened. We don't know what. And they blew up. And the, these characters in the other truck, they don't know what happened, but now it's all on them. Yeah. And so, so yeah, they, the one guy gets injured and uh, severely injured. And so he dies partway there. And so the, the one, one guy makes it with the nitro to the final destination. He gets, gets $4,000 because he gets the share of the other guy who passed away. Right. And great. So he's going to go back to the town. In this, so he, he, he poo-poos having someone drive him back. He'll drive himself. And so then he starts heading back. And then he's driving down this narrow mountain road, which, you know, a day before he was driving along, putting along with nitroglycerin, being very careful and not wanting to die. And then he's driving back with 4,000 bucks in his pocket. And he's weaving down the road, singing a song. And we're seeing like it's intercutting between people celebrating him, him getting there yeah. and having a, they're dancing in this little cafe in this, in this little town. Uh, and then we're intercutting between that and then him like weaving down this country road. And then of course, disaster. He drives off the road. The truck crashes. He's dead. That's the end of the movie. And you're like, I just spent two, two hours and 40 minutes watching this. That's a long movie too for an old film. Right. It's really long. And you're like, what's the dumbest ending? Like, does it make any sense? If he cared so much about living, going there with a nitroglycerin, why would he just like be like, ah, life? <laughs> it's it's overrated. I'm going to drive like a maniac. Yeah, at least the uh, person who probably found his corpse got $4,000. Oh, because the truck blew up. Uh... Yeah. No, I don't know. I can't remember what happened. Maybe it was blowing around on the field at the end. Okay. Like, oh, it's all worthless. It's just, uh, it's just it's such a dumb ending. Like, like if you're going to do that in the movie, you have to earn that. You have to earn that ending, and that mo- that was an unearned ending. It just happens without any warning, without any sense to it. It's just a, a slap in the face to the audience, and I don't like it. I want to be slapped in the face at the end of a movie. <laughs> if you're going to slap me in the face, let me know there's face slapping ahead, and I will take the face slapping. But if you do not tell me that you're going to f- slap my face at the end of a movie, yeah. I don't want my face to knock be slapped. Yeah, knock it off. I watched... Um... Uh, uh, anatomy of a murder because I wasn't sure whether yeah. I'd seen it. Sure, and I've uh, not seen that film. 
You haven't seen it? I haven't seen it. But that is also... Is that a Fritz Lang film as well? It's Otto Perman. Otto Perman. I knew it was a German director. I couldn't remember yeah. which one. Yeah. And so this is, this is the one With where Jimmy he's uh, talking about uh, sexual assault. And like, you know, Otto Perman will always like do a, you know, some controversial topic. Mm-hmm. He'll talk about like homosexuality. He'll talk about uh, racism or what have you. Yeah. And yeah, this is his uh, sexual assault one. Yeah. And He'll just, even make skidoo. Does he make Skidoo? I'm pretty sure that's Otto Preminger. Oh, my God. I feel bad about that. <laughs> uh, that could be... Well, yeah, it's a risk. And then you fail. Yeah. Um, but it is weird seeing... Like, because it's... The, the best character... It, like, they're all good characters. Mm-hmm. But the best character is the judge. He's kind of a casual, jokey judge. Okay. And you're like... This guy's a good, fully developed character that doesn't need to be this fully developed. Yeah. Every time he talks, he's like, that's some good dialogue from this guy. This is good. Like, you're really, huh. I like the judge a lot. Yeah. And Jimmy Stewart, you know, is a good, full character as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, But but he's just talking about semen so much. <laughs> and you're just not used to Jimmy Stewart just yeah, talking yeah. about, okay. you know, sperm. You're not used to the 50s Jimmy Stewart. Yeah. The more, so the climax, they go to completion. Just do do the full load, like it's just, <laughs> just very weird. Uh, yeah, he's, he's. I've never seen that movie actually. It's worth. It's on yeah, Criterion. Okay. As well. Yeah, it's worth. I think the, I saw it there. Watch. Yeah. I gotta get through I've these zero it, thrillers, but I've forgotten it, so yeah, I'm yeah. like into it. Ben Gazzara is in it mm-hmm. Good actor. Uh, as the as the the person he's defending, and then um, George C. Scott yes. is one of the uh, scenery chores. What's that? Scenery chores. Oh, well, actually, you know what? He's very still. Oh, wow. And I like at one point, like, uh, George C. Scott is kind of the backup lawyer for the other lawyer and the mm. prosecution. And at one point, Jimmy Stewart is just like, I got these two powerhouses here. I'm just one man. <laughs> you know, you got to let a, just one of them go at a time. And the judge is like, yeah, you're right. That's fair. I was like, okay. <laughs> That's fine. But yeah, it's very realistic. It's very grounded. Mm-hmm. Uh, J- Jimmy Stewart's friend is like a, a huge alcoholic who's oh. helping him out, and you're like just waiting for this to like you know turn at some point. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, very good. I'm recommending the half this movie. <laughs> Maybe the rest will uh, be a stinkeroo. You haven't finished it yet. Nope. Okay. <laughs> no, I got too sleepy last night. Yeah, that's a problem. I just got uh, Yeah. But I was going to talk about um, when you were talking about. When you were talking about the Umbrella of Sherberg, it reminded me of, I just watched a movie. I'm sorry, I can't remember what it's called. I could look it up on my phone, but it's, um, I'll look it up as I, it's, it's a lesbian film. I've been, you know, as you know, I've been enjoying the lesbian rom-coms. Okay. Uh, wherever they are, wherever I can, wherever they show up, I'll be like, oh, I'll give that a watch. Because I love, love them because they're usually like written and directed by the same person all the time. Not the same exact thing, but just by like one right. person. It's always these interesting one person visions of of uh, what is a good movie to them to them uh, and uh, so I was watching it's in my I think it's probably still in my watch later here okay so let me just is it uh, Earth Indigo Girls or Easy it is not oh it's gone from here I guess I guess if I actually watch it it disappears anyhow it's called like so and so and so and so aren't going out okay like like that kind of movie name so it's about these two two girls who are living together in Chicago. And one is in love with her roommate, secretly in love with her roommate, and their roommate seems remarkably uh, oblivious of it. And everyone else knows, of course, but everyone else is. So, you know, and then so the girl who is the object of affection is leaving to go to New York to try out, try out an acting career, okay. leaving this other friend behind. 
And so this friend is kind of going through some emotions, you know, but she can't really talk about it to her friend. But what's curious about the film is that it's a musical, mm. but it's a musical unlike any other musical you'll ever see, because besides the Peter Bogdanovich flopperoo long, uh, what is it called? Long last, long, long last, uh, at long last lover, something like that. Uh, with um, Burt Reynolds and uh, other that lady that he left his way for, Sybil Shepherd and uh, Madeline Kahn are in it, and probably Ryan O'Neill at that time, but I can't remember exactly who else is in it. Um, are you looking it up? Yeah. At Long Last Love, what is it called? Uh, this is a very good question. Uh, I got. Uh, sorry, I'm, I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to find it. Like mm. noises off. They all laughed. Mask. Uh, cats meow. It probably would not point? be mentioned there. When did uh, when it was did, a flop? It was probably well, what what year? What decade? It was in the seventies. So it would have come. Okay. It would have come after uh, Paper Moon, probably. Okay, you keep talking, and I'll. Uh... But what he did is he he had the actors sing live on mic. Oh. So rather than pre-record their stuff, they had to like dance and act, you know, and and then sing all 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 while they're at long last love. Yeah, and and you know it's not a terrible movie, but this the singing and stuff like that is pretty rough because it's really hard to sing in that kind of situation. Didn't they do that for Les Mis? I think they. Did I don't know. That. I didn't see Les Mis. I think so. they did do okay. that for Les Mis. Yeah, it was like live singing. And did that work? Uh, I never saw it. Either. Okay, <laughs> so they do that in this movie, and you know these aren't professional actors. They're not professional singers, apparently, because there is a lot of clams being dropped every which way. Uh, yeah, it was really, but it was interesting just because you're like, no one's, no one does this. So uh, props to you, film, for for going out on a limb here with uh, having people who aren't singers. Yeah, I was trying to think like just singing Burt live Reynolds to camera. He, but he, Burt Reynolds did do uh, Best Little Whorehouse in Texas, so he's done at least one other. I don't know if he sang in that musical, though, or if he just played a character that... Oh, well, that would be weird to be in a musical and not sing. Yeah, that happens. Be, like, not every character... the male lead and never sing in a musical? Is he the male lead? I don't know. I've never yeah. seen The Best Little Horse. For Best Little Horse. Okay. Yeah, sure. Hmm. Yeah, Dolly Parton is the female lead. He's the yeah. male lead. Okay. Also, here's a secret. Not everyone who's in a musical actually sings. They mm. just have other people sing for them. Are you thinking Dolly Parton didn't sing? I think that probably she had... Marnie Nixon probably sang for her oh, that's nice. in that movie. Yeah, it's nice. Marnie Nixon. She also sang for Audrey Hepburn in My Fair Lady. Okay. And other actresses. She was a good standby in her day. Um, so anyway, this thought was interesting. And Brothers of Sherberg, obviously, they pre-recorded the soundtrack. So people were singing. They were lip-syncing to their pre-recorded songs. But uh, So uh, with Umbrellas, then, it was, a, it was a movie that was entirely lip-synced. I think so, yeah. Because it doesn't feel like they're singing live to make to me, from what I remember oh. of that film. I think it's pre-recorded and, and interesting. Like it's much more That'd be polished. Weird. A movie that's entirely little. yeah. Huh? I'm gonna keep going. Huh? <laughs> huh? I'd have to look more into it. I've never really studied the making of that film, but uh, well, having do watched your it, research before the next podcast. <laughs> I should have known you were gonna bring it up. Yeah. You brought it up three times now. Yeah, I keep sending you all these messages of like, here are the topics <laughs> I'm gonna bring up. I'm gonna bring up Cadbury uh, chocolate bars. I'm gonna bring up the umbrellas of Sherbrooke. <laughs> He doesn't send me these notifications. And what the weather's like. <laughs> I, just, I just have to look out the window. I wish you'd tell me what we're going to talk about. No, I'm just kidding. I don't. Because you know what? We wouldn't even talk about it anyway. That's a fair point. Because we've said before, even like minutes before we turned on start of the show, we've said to each other, let's save that for the show. And yeah, we never talk about it. I really it. want to talk about, you know, uh, my blah, favorite blah, blah. Uh, breeds of dog. <laughs> nope. Doesn't come up again. Nope, never. That's <laughs> uh, funny. Anyway. Yeah, it's interesting now being a producer on... Uh, on a podcast 
and just like uh, being a being a podcast with like three people who uh, are very have a lot of good stories, mm. and it's like okay, we got to make sure we bring all the kittens together yeah. again. Yeah. You know, we got a half an hour for this. Them all up, herd them all up. I know. We got a half an hour. Yeah, you could easily. Yeah, you could easily get like three hours out of it. But it's like, nope, we got this go. Do it this way. Here we go. Everyone's yappy. Everyone's got a good story to tell. <laughs> it is interesting, like how often though someone's got a story that involves the actors from the actual movie, and it's just like, oh, we're talking about a Harrison Ford movie. Well, you know Harrison Ford. Well, it's like, you know what? Jason's gonna have like a, a Robert De Niro story. Right? What's your story? Oh, okay. Well, so I'm doing this. Huh. He does do a, a thing where he talks about being a haircut double. You'll hear that in a future okay. uh, episode. Everyone's got a damn story. Wow, get all these plugs for this. Uh, yeah. I hope you plug Sneaky Dragon as hard during Refresh My Memory as you plug I that really, show. I really should. I really <laughs> should. You know, Vicky's got like a good Danny Trejo story. Everyone's got good stories. It's good. Nice. Uh, do you want to go to our land of letters? Yeah, let's go, to, let's go to Letterland. Letterland, Letterland. Uh, so we don't have any uh, new letters from old episodes that you're aware of. I'm not aware so. of if, if they. Ha- I don't I, think I so. I don't though. think so either. Yeah. So there we go. I think just new new stuff. Last week we asked uh, the questions. What's your what would be your CB handle? CB handle. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Those are the kind of questions we ask. Three dogs, Edric over here. And uh, what's a, what's a movie that you think is uh, unfairly maligned? Oh, by the way, you mm. might enjoy. Um, do you ever watch Binging with Babish? Any of those cooking videos? Uh, no, I'm they... oh, sorry. That was a really good podcast. Uh, I kind of shaking my head. No, I have not okay. watched any podcasts. So what he uh, traditionally would do would be make a dish from a movie. Yes. He, so, melt, he melts the celluloid. Now that uh, you know everything's on strike and you're not supposed to be promoting oh, movies, yeah. uh, he's making up movies. And so he's making oh. up fake dishes. And one of them yeah. is a hot dog that's like uh, three dogs in one. Oh, and all wow. I could think of that was Three Dog Dedrick. Three you Dog. Check this out. Breaker, breaker, Three Dog. Our friend Louise says, my CB handle would be Slow Lane Lou. <laughs> you, you know what? Mary loves the slow lane. She, she is with you there. Yeah. Mary used to like frantically try to drive at the same speed as all the speeders in the fast lane. And then one day she said, what's the point of this? I'm just getting all, yeah, slow lane getting all, in, all anxious about this stuff. Forget it. Now, if I'm being honest, Louise got uh, CB wrong. She said CS and says CB, oh. but then she corrects herself, oh. saying, "Sorry, that should have been CB handle." Yeah. I guess my fingers were thinking of CS Lewis, <laughs> in which case my handle would be Fern Fumble Bunny. Ah, uh, that's terrible. I thought you were thinking cur- curriculum situ. Well, you know, yes. Yeah. That's also. Good. <laughs> Is it? Welcome to my podcast. Also good. Uh, <laughs> Edward Dragansky. Yes. Uh, Sorry, I'm making a lot of noise here. No, please. What are you What are you eating today here? Dave? I'm I'm having some sour cherry blasters, but they're they say they're sour patch kids, but they're really just repackaged sour sour cherry blasters in a sour patch kids bag. What the hell, man? That seems a little disingenuous. Disingenuous. <laughs> a little, a little bit tricky. Yeah. Uh, Edward Dragansky writes. I guess uh, since I brought it up last week, mine should be a good one. Uh, something that plays up my talkative nature and uh, sounds about right. Maybe uh, Jabbering Jedi or Chatty Chatty Bang Bang. Maybe uh, more simple, like Jaws mm. with a license plate to match. Others uh, could be Tower of Babel. That's good. Yak Back or the Prattling P- 
Polak. You know, I don't think I am allowed to say that. I feel, uh, I'm sorry about that. Uh, but, you know, you did, and uh, there you go. Uh, back when the CB craze first hit in the mid-70s, I ordered a book from the Scholastic Book Club. Woohoo, Scholastic! Yay! Uh, titled 10-4 Sweat Hogs. Uh, the story, uh, and, and he includes a picture of the book that we can read, mm-hmm. uh, and it's the Sweat Hogs. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that's, that's I it. know them. They don't uh, adjust the cover in any way to, uh, you know, fit the the title. I'll do my impersonation of the Sweat Hogs. Ready? Okay. Ooh, ooh. Oh, that's nice. Thank you. All right, I'll do one too. Yeah. Uh, boom, boom, boom. There you go. <laughs> uh, what? Where? Why? Uh, the the story was about those endearing Sweat Hogs. Uh, getting their hands on a CB radio and, of course, bringing it to school. Okay, <laughs> sounds so terrible. My computer went uh, went to a totally different page. Just Do you think that day. does that still happen? Do they still like write books based around sitcoms? Uh, I would assume they still write. Okay, it's weird because there's so many streaming things now. Yeah, that I think it all crosses over there and back and forth. Like what would be like a Big Bang Theory uh, yeah. book? Yeah, I don't think there's a Big Bang Theory book. I'm trying to think of what would a parallel one. I don't mean like like there would be a book of Big Bang stuff, but it would be like a the wisdom of whatever the guy's name is. Oh, that kind of stuff. Yeah, Simpsons does. That's that still. but what I mean though is actual like novelization or yeah. like a or even like a brand new story. Like this is obviously not based in a in a right. episode of Welcome Back Kata, but an actual. By the way, the uh, Welcome Back, Cotter comic book was mm. pretty good. Yeah. And there was a, a, a treasury edition that collect. It was a giant treasury edition that collected a bunch of stories from there. And also beautiful beautiful covers and stuff. Great yeah. drawings. I'm, I'm feeling like Jack Davis did that, but can that be true? I'm not sure. Don't forget the uh, the uh, sequel or the, or the, what do we call it? The next, well, Get Cotter. There you are. <laughs> uh, let us know. Uh, do um, they still have uh, books? Yeah, do you still on, with the exception, of course, you know, we're not counting Star Trek. Yes, there are Star Trek books, and that was a TV show. We understand. But do they have anything like that? For, I just, said for sitcoms, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, Scholastic used to do a load of those. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they, fill, they filled their heads with garbage, too. It wasn't just all classy books like Sparks. Mm-hmm. And, of course, uh, you know, uh, the, the, the Sweat Hogs brought it to school, the CB radio. My fifth grade teacher, Ms. Marley, shout out to Ms. Marley, used to read to us while we relaxed after lunch every day and asked if anyone had a book they'd like to share. I grabbed my Sweat Hogs book immediately and Ms. Marley started to read it to us. I think she got barely five pages into the thing and stopped, held it out for me to come and get it and said, Eddie, I can't read this. It's funny because she was right. It's as horrible as it sounds. <laughs> it does um, sound horrible. You know, here's the thing. The it book, sounds so hacky. The book would have to start with... Um, with Cotter and his wife. Yeah. And, uh, you know, did I ever tell you about my uncle, da 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 da, da who was a, a trucker? And she's, I don't want to hear this shit. And it's like, <laughs> well, here's the joke. <laughs> I had such a crush on her. Yeah. She had the same vibe as uh, that uh, kind of nerdy lady in WKRP and Bailey. Bailey Quarters. Bailey Quarters. Yeah. Boy, how You're right. I also yeah. had a crush on her. Bailey yeah. Not on the other lady, Lonnie Anderson. Lonnie Anderson. I, yeah. Shrugged my shoulders. All about Bailey. Was she, was she, she was married to Burt Reynolds, speaking Later. Of. Not during the uh, WKRP days. All right. So I'm going to bite my head off about it. <laughs> Just saying. Okay. All right, fine. Okay. Don't, don't jump ahead. All right, I'm not. Let's tell you more. I may be uh, biased as a Star Wars Alpha fan, but when you <laughs> mentioned uh, unfairly maligned movies, all I could think was uh, The Last Jedi. 
and what it oh, yeah. went through back in uh, 2017, and it's still going on today. My assessment of this entire story could be lengthy, but I'll get right to it. Uh, please do. Uh, I think that because George's prequels earlier were so polarizing, uh, that when The Force Awakens uh, uh, made the, the directive to do something nostalgic like the original trilogy, that, that, that happened. So J.J. Abrams made a film that was familiar and mirrored the original films, and half the audience cried it was unoriginal <laughs> and uh, pastiche. Enter Ryan Johnson, who uh, many hold responsible for the destruction of the Star Wars franchise. We should all be so destroyed. Um, <laughs> what Johnson uh, did was take a huge swing by taking the saga in a completely different direction so far that it alienated over half the audience. I heard Johnson say he really wanted to look deep into the Jedi mythos and what they were uh, could really do according to their teachings. He read everything about them, and to this day, I feel he faithfully represented the Jedi as well as George had by sticking to their ways. I think most are bitter about how Luke turned out, a hermit who had given up the Force. Kind of sounds familiar, huh? Uh, but look at how uh, he went out. Not only was Luke able to successfully face his Sith nephew all the way from another world, but he did it uh, well enough to buy enough time for Leia and company to escape. How powerful is that? It's also a powerful callback to Obi-Wan, doing the same for Luke, Han, and Leia on the Death Star years earlier. I was floored by this and considered The Last Jedi a masterpiece for its boldness and honesty. I also think the polarization was due to years and years of expectation much of the audience had built up in their heads when the when they didn't and when they didn't get that on screen, they rebelled. Well, they're rebels. They rebel. <laughs> uh, it's Ryan Johnson's story to tell folks. Nobody is writing these films based on your inspiration and expectations. So your best to sit back and watch how it all plays out. I'll ship the soapbox back tomorrow. Which of you guys gets it? I know uh, where both of you live. Oh. Yeah, well, yeah, you've got a nice bathroom and stuff, so yeah, we'll get the soapbox over there. Fill it with soap first. Uh, been sick this week, so I'm signing off uh, for some much-needed sleep. Well, we're wishing you uh, recovery and uh, that you do well, and that uh, hopefully you're enjoying the uh, Ashoka um, TV series. Two episodes of that came out this week. I, See what you think I of that, was, Star Wars. I thought Wars. it started next week. Oh, that's funny. Nope. Um, and it connects a lot to old Star Wars Cartoons. I haven't seen them. them. Of course you haven't. No one. I haven't has. seen those. So of course I, you haven't. I don't know don't how much it. I'm going to get out of these. Oh, who uh, cares? Star Wars. It's, it's, <laughs> it's uh, you know. Who cares? The characters who are doing this, we shall destroy them. Well, then that's the. Oh, they're bad the villain. Guy. They're the villain. They're the bad guy. I can. And who's who's this uh, attractive woman who's got a cat that she's feeding? Oh. Oh, I wonder if she's the good guy. She's oh, the good she's... guy. <laughs> oh, wait a second. Oh, what's happening? There's some robots. What are they doing? They're trying to kill everybody. Oh, I don't know. What side am I on? in this complex <laughs> conflict it's fine you'll figure it up as you go along you're saying yeah. it's all cont- there's lots of context clues yeah, yeah. It's, I'm it, sure you're right wom, to do, bam, 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 bam. <laughs> pew, pew. fucking get it pew, pew, pew. Yeah. I you know it's, I agree with that that I think the last shot I was in fairly maligned so it was such a weird feeling to like see a movie love it enjoy it so much I, you know there is I don't think it's a perfect film. I really don't enjoy like the Casino Planet part of it, but no, that's a stinkery. Yeah, it is. And it it's is. weird because because it could connect well with whatever the Benicio del Toro uh, thing about you know. There's a lot of profiteers in war. Yeah, people who just are at the side. They're not on the light. They're not on the dark. They're just supplying. Yeah, both sides, and they're getting rich on people's pain and suffering. Yeah, it's like ah, oh, and this is some of them here. Yeah, the rich sons of bitches. Yeah. All right, let's see something. And it wasn't satisfying. Yeah, it wasn't satisfying at all. Because they went and wrote some space words. (laughs) 
and that was weird. It didn't really work because you know you over CGI a movie, it you kind of it kind of takes you out of it. You're just kind of like, eh, it's an animated movie yeah. now. Well, whatever. Um, Did Lisa like the space horse? I don't, Lisa never saw that movie, I don't think. Oh, okay. She doesn't like space movies. She doesn't like Star Wars films. Does she know that there's horses? Space horses? <laughs> not, they're not horses. They're not horses at all. <laughs> so uh, they're more like space cats, like rideable cats almost. Don't you think oh, so? Okay. They have like whiskers. They, they, they get, their faces are more like, they're not like horse faces. All right. But anyway, when I saw that movie and the whole Luke Skywalker part of the film, I just love so much. Mm-hmm. I just love the whole that he rejected it. Because it's all bullshit. Like, if you watch those George Lucas films, I don't think they're polarizing. I think he, like, wrote about a Jedi world that he wanted to write about, which was a very exclusive club. It was basically, like, you know, like, you know, going to Harvard, and then you have to get into, like, this really exclusive club there. I just saying this because I watched the uh, social network yesterday. But, uh, you know, like... And that's when Luke started uh, Facebook. <laughs> he started Facebook. And so... No, Darth Vader started Facebook. But... Uh, I think we know that. Not a, not a good person who started, started Facebook. Not a good person at all. Anyway, so in the movie, when he has that, that great arc, when he goes from someone who, you know, feels like everything, everything that was done in the past only worked to destroy and create all these problems. Basically, the Jedi created the emperor. And he's right. And, and he just wants out of it. But then in the end, when he comes, you know, he appears... And, you know, and uh, foils the, the baddies' plans and everything and creates this possible way for the characters to escape. That was just great. And I just walked to the movie, like, floating on air. And then you, like, get home and you're like, oh, let's, let's watch some reviews of this because people will probably love this online. Like, this is going to be great. Like, all these... And then it was just like this wall of hate, you know, yeah. just like bloop, 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 all these videos of people like like leaving the theater recording like these angry uh, rants in their cars or driving on the street and they're all mad at the movie. You're just like, do we watch the same film? And I remember watching like a Jenny Nicholson thing where she was invited to, you know, a preview of it. And she went and there was another uh, Star Wars, you know, uh, YouTuber nerd there. And she went, you know, after the movie's over, she's like, wasn't that great? And he's like, oh, I hated it. I hated it. But he was a Star Wars theorist. That was his YouTube mm-hmm. thing. You know, so he spent like months before it came out with all these theories of this and that and blah, blah, blah. And so-and-so connects to this. And, and you know, but obviously um, Ryan Johnson's whole deal was to, was to like kind of tear down all this stuff. Yeah. I mean, not just him, but but when they bought Star Wars, like they, they just excluded all, all a lot of that Sure. St- all that surrounding, uh, you know, kind of fanficy elements of of the the that lower, alienated, uh, yeah, general public, yeah, yeah, and not the general public. They alienate. Oh, they alienate. That's all that lore alienated the general yeah. public. I mean, yeah. Sorry, I thought you meant alien. Well, you thought you were calling all these lorists the general public, but they know they're no. they're the lunatic fringe, obviously. But um, yeah, so they, you know, when when his film, they like, kind of was part of that dismantling. You know, these people were just like lost their marbles. So. You're just like, oh my god! Like as someone who likes Star Wars, I'm not crazy for Star Wars. I've never read a Star Wars book. Well, I guess I read the first. I read the novelization Splinter of the, the, the first movie. Eye, no, no, it's like the first Star Wars. Uh, there's like a novelization of the the first movie. Is Splinter in the Mind's Eye something completely different? Is that a Harlan Ellison thing? Yeah, it's just a Harlan Ellison. I'm trying thing. to think like there was a Star Wars book that had a similar title or something. I'm talking out of my. Or ass. is that like a? Was that like the? Or maybe that was the reworking of the. Someone else is reworking of their their projected screenplay for the second Star Wars film. This is possible. Maybe that's what you're thinking of. I don't know. Anyway, why I'm, don't you keep talking? I'm no Star Wars expert. You see, like you're just proving it right there. Like I, I don't know, because I I really like the first film. I loved it as a kid. 
I was in grade five. It's a perfect movie for a kid in grade five. And then when I saw um, The Empire Strikes Back in grade eight, I enjoyed it. I thought it was really good. It is a sequel to Star Wars Splinter of, of the okay. Mind's Eye. Okay. Yeah. I remember I read, I read that and was like, oh, now you get to see what happens. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> then it didn't happen that way. Yeah. What happened was I got bored and I stopped reading it. <laughs> <laughs> Went back to comic books. And so, you know, and like, but... And it wasn't like a, a nut. Like I didn't spend all my time. I didn't have the toys. I didn't any of that kind of stuff. And I just didn't, I like the movies. So when the movie when the new movies came out, I'm like, oh cool, new movies. I'll watch these. Oh, these aren't very good. You know. Oh, there's some n- more new movies. These, I'll watch these. Oh, this one was good. This one was good. No one liked it. Okay, <laughs> so I don't know what to think anymore. So yeah, it's just. But it really was yes, unheralded or or maligned in the way that's unfair. Mm. You know another movie that was maligned, I think unfairly, Malignant mm. was maligned. There was a James Wan film about a woman who has a, a twin that's in the back of her head and it takes over her body when she's sleeping mm. and, and does things. And it's a fun film. Like, it's a lot of fun. It has, like, some elements of trauma films in it. It has a great kind of kung fu action scene in a police station. It's got some fun horror elements to it. It's a good movie. Like, it's fun. But, yeah, I got really kind of got the shit kicked out of it for no good reason. And I thought it was really good. So, but what do I know? There you go. I'm just a dummy like that likes watching movies. And uh, like I said, brain candy. When yeah, it came out brain again. candy. That's a good yeah. one. Yeah, Ishtar. Yeah. So what are our questions? Whoa, I, boy. Mine uh, would be, um, I'm, I'm going to rip off that other podcast <laughs> and just go, do you think people can really change? Okay. Make major changes to yeah. their personalities. I do. I okay, do. asked and answered. So new question. I'm just saying, no, no, no. I'm just saying for me personally, I, I do think you can. I mean, I feel like I have did that in my life. Okay. And a couple of times in my life. I think you, Was it because of things... That, was it because I was going to die? Okay. wasn't because I was going to die. So it wasn't from cancer or anything like that that I did it. Okay. But it was from like a major life change. And so I took advantage of that major life change to, to make a change in my life. Because basically when you meet a new person or in a new situation, you can kind of reinvent yourself to that new situation. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And that's what I took advantage of. So I do think it's possible. Whether you can make super major changes about yourself, that's a different question, obviously. Addiction is a pretty big change. Like, that's a hard thing to overcome. I still buy books. That's what I'm saying, everyone. Um, my question is, my question is, um, what do you collect? Okay. Like, what is your... Like I, what Resentment. I, I brought up my... What's that? Resentment. Is that what you collect? I'm thinking more like objects. Like, I... That's actually a cartoon I wrote once on a time. <laughs> oh, it was two recycling. Squir- it was two squirrels. It was a New Yorker cartoon. <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm doing a brag that I, that I did a cartoon okay. with. Yeah. Yeah. And it's two squirrels in uh, marriage counseling. Okay. And uh, one squirrel says, it's uh, not nuts that she, uh, that she uh, collects as much as uh, resentment. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm more thinking of when I said books as my addiction. That's something that I like to surround myself with. And, and I, you know, to the point where like I have, Lots of books. Not I've read a lot of books, but I also have, I also have, you know, probably probably fifty books. Maybe not that many, but I have a lot of books that are sitting there waiting to be cracked open. Okay. You know, I'm pretty good about reading through my books that I buy, but there's some that you know have been sitting there for a little while. What's your uh, what what are you a collector of? Or very a, good. Can people change? And what do you collect? Uh, here's what we want you to do. We want you to go to that uh, everyone's favorite uh, website X. <laughs> And you'll find us so there dumb. At, at sneaky underscore dragon. So dumb. Uh, there at X. Idiot. And you can uh, write us there. Or you can go to Facebook, which still has the same name, but apparently was founded by Darth Vader. Or, <laughs> uh, and we got a, we got a thing there. Uh, Tumblr uh, took away the porn 
put the porn back. I don't know what's happening with Tumblr. Anyway, we're there, sneakydragon.tumblr.com. And uh, we've got our own website. That's probably the best place to go. Sneakydragon.com. We've got all of our old episodes are there of our various podcasts, including our new ones, which are uh, the Crinkle Bag Club. <laughs> uh, but uh, Horse Mysteries is there. Dave does that one uh, with, uh, with uh, Lisa Williamson. My uh, wife. His My wife. wife. His wife. Uh, stop it. And uh, Refresh My Memory, which is about memories of films and refreshments. Uh, and that's done with uh, Vicky Van, Eric Fell, and Jason Dedrick. Yes, we have a second Dedrick as a backup in case <laughs> Dave needs a kidney. And while he's here in the waiting chamber, uh, we've got him doing a podcast. He's a delight. And uh, those the, um, the Refresh My Memory comes out on the 1st and the 15th. Horse Mysteries comes out every two weeks. That is correct. It'll be out this week. And Sneaky Dragon remains weekly. I mean, next week. So, you know, uh, know, uh, come back uh, on a weekly basis or, you know, uh, listen to them at your own pace. Absolutely. But we do love to hear from you. So uh, please do that. And if you prefer to email, we're at SneakyD at SneakyDragon.com. SneakyD at SneakyDragon.com. Are we on Patreon, you you ask? Darn rights we are. And uh, if you feel like uh, supporting the show, throwing a couple of bucks our way on a, a regular basis, that would be uh, swell as hell, as the kids say. No one says that at all. <laughs> I just joined two Patreons uh, oh, this week. Good for you. Yeah, uh, our friends uh, over at uh, Talking Simpsons. So let that lapse for a while. And uh, Mike Dawson, who used to be uh, yes. half of the Ink Panthers, our rival podcast, former friend, oh, of, former friend of the show. As yeah, well. we hate them so much. We don't really <laughs> like his work. So did that. So uh, and uh, and felt good doing it. Maybe you'll feel good uh, joining the Sneaky Dragon family. And maybe we'll uh, we'll figure out some stuff to to send out uh, to you. We we're still we're still aiming to do a calendar this this year. We are we're, we are. That's do, that's a doable goal. It is a doable goal. Okay, we'll just figure it out. Anyway, thank you so much for listening. I've been Ian. I've been Doable Dave. And uh, do, 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 do. I'd ask Dave to harmonize, but I know he's got a problem with that. He can hear his own voice right now. Do. casting position would be like if i could be looking at someone but also leaning over like this oh okay you know do you want me to go there no that's fine right. i'll awkwardly look towards you so sure. <laughs> looks like i'm giving you the Make side eye weird. this whole side eye the whole time yeah. like what are you talking about <laughs> that's the best way to encourage uh, conversation sure Are we trying to encourage conversation? Whoops. That's my mistake.